Hey, folks. Today's episode is brought to you by Viore. They are back. These are my absolute favorite T-shirts. Uh, they make uh, all kinds of workout gear, active wear, performance apparel. Um, but basically, I buy and exclusively wear their T-shirts. I have like two dozen of them. They're awesome. You can get really hot and sweaty, and their shirts don't show sweat. If you're tired of traditional old workout gear, everything is designed to, to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. It's so freaking comfortable. You will want to wear it all the time. I'm literally wearing my Viore T-shirt right now uh, as we record this podcast. Uh, the product is very versatile can be used for any activity from hiking and running, training, swimming and yoga, but also great for lounging, weekend errands, or in my case, all day, every day. Viore 100% offsets their carbon footprint, uh, and they offset 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They use sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. Uh, it's designed to look great in everyday wear, uh, inside and outside of the gym. Perfect for any activity. And uh, man, like I said over and over, you can sweat your ass off in this stuff, and it just doesn't look like you've been sweating. Um, I love these shirts. For the last year and a half, I've only been buying. I literally have not spent money on a T-shirt from anybody besides Viore. Um, I'm, I wear the Strato fabric ones. Um, Viore is investment in your happiness, and for listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at Viore. Now, it's spelled a little different than it sounds. It's spelled V-U-O-R-I. So V-U-O-R-I dot com slash tire. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash tire. 20% off your first purchase and free shipping on all U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to Viore dot com slash tire and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. We're also brought to you in part today by ButcherBox. I love the ButcherBoxes. It's a box of meat. Takes all the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat, sourcing their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. Their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. I love when the box comes every month. Every month, it's always kind of a surprise, even though like I know what I'm getting because I've I've ordered it. I totally forget by the time it shows up. So it's like, ooh, filet mignon, like, ooh, sausages, or ooh, burgers, like, boom. I have been getting the thick ribeyes, the thick cut ribeyes, and then I do it in the, actually, my my toaster oven. I've got this, like, Brayville toaster oven that looks really basic, but it's perfect for the reverse sear. 200 degrees for 45 minutes, and then I sear it. Uh, in the skillet, uh, the cast iron skillet after that with some butter and rosemary. Bam! It's awesome. So every month, ButcherBox will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your door. Free shipping in the continental U.S. Each box contains between 8 and 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose, enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience, so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. And here is this killer deal right now. Get this. Your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. Butcher Box is giving new members free ground beef for life. If you go to butcherbox.com slash tire, 
every order that you get for the rest of your membership will have two extra pounds of ground beef for free included butcherbox.com slash tire and as long as you have this membership whether it's one month one year or the rest of your life you'll get two pounds of free ground beef in every single order log into butcherbox.com slash tire to claim this exclusive deal Oh, baby, only thing better than good meat is free good meat. Uh, also brought to you today in part by Masterworks. What's the most you'd pay for a car? Would you pay $35 million for a Ferrari 335? Would you pay $48 million for a 250 GTO? Well, what if I told you a painting of a car sold for more than those combined? Andy Warhol's piece, Silver Car Crash, sold for a whopping $105 million in 2013. Can't even drive that. Crazy, right? I recently learned that. And in some cases, contemporary art pieces like this can increase even more than some stocks. This blue chip uh, contemporary art has low correlation to stocks and bonds, making it great for diversification, the holy grail of any portfolio. And you can now invest in art in a price tailored to you thanks to Masterworks. You don't need $105 million. Masterworks is the first platform that lets you invest in art by legends, like Warhol, Picasso, Banksy, and my friends at Masterworks are giving my viewers priority access to skip the waitlist. Go to masterworks.io and use promo code TIRE. That's masterworks.io, promo code TIRE, to skip their waitlist, thanks to your friends at The Smoking Tire. See important Regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash cd. Last but certainly not least, Simply Safe is in the house. What do U.S. News, PC Magazine, and Popular Science have in common? They all ranked Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security of 2021. In fact, U.S. News just named Simply Safe the best home security of 2022 as well. I'm using Simply Safe in my new house, actually. We haven't even moved into my new house, it's under construction. But. Because of that, I am extra worried because people aren't always there uh, checking on it. And houses that are being renovated are ripe for uh, being burgled. So Simply Safe, I've got it set up at the house. I got the base station. I've got all these glass break sensors. I've got the door opening sensors. I've got a crazy loud siren. I've got cameras. And what's awesome about Simply Safe is it's super, super easy to set up. Right, They protect your whole home around the clock. You can do every door, window, and room. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring. They're ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs. And this suite of sensors and cameras is totally comprehensive. You've got indoor cameras, outdoor cameras. You've got glass break sensors, heat sensors, water sensors, door opening sensors. There's sound sensors. There's sensors for like all motion detectors. There's sensors for everything. And you can customize it, mix and match these parts to get the perfect security system for your home. It's awesome. It's less than a dollar a day. You can set it up in around 30 minutes, and it's always simple to use. I even, their customer service is awesome. When I was setting it up, I hit a snag because my internet at network is not like optimized because it's a construction site. But I called Simply Safe. I was on, I got a person in like 
a minute, and the guy talked me right through how to do it. I was back in the game, and I was set up and ready to go. And uh, there's never a long-term contract. You can try it for 60 days risk-free to see if you like it. If not, send the stuff back free of charge. Simply Safe is protecting over a million homes in the United States alone. And you can customize, like I said, the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. Go to SimplySafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E, simplysafe.com slash tire. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. So simplysafe.com slash tire, free indoor security camera, and 20% off with interactive monitoring. And thanks to Simply Safe for sponsoring this week's podcast. All right, folks, today on the show, my pals Bozi Tatarovich and Alanis King are on the podcast. Bozi is a uh, an engineer, a mechanic, uh, a pit crew member with IMSA, but he also, in his spare time, digs through like patent drawings and all kinds of engineering things to find really good tidbits, which he shares with us on Twitter. Go follow Bozi on Twitter. You don't have to know how to spell his last name. He's the first Bozi that'll come up. He's the one with the race car in his profile. Super, super interesting guy. And and uh, always advocating for folks uh, that are not as visible in the world of motorsports and racing. And Alanis King. Uh, Alanis is an automotive journalist, and she has written a book about the Rich Energy and Haas Formula One team saga. She also, for some reason, really likes chilies, and I don't understand why. Posey and Alanis are on the Smoking Tire podcast today. You know what to expect from me. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we got to get going. I have a dog to pick up eventually. I, know, oh, I, have yeah. to, I have to get to Alexa's dinner in Long Beach at 8, so that's... Oh. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, it's only... It's 4.45. Yeah, so if we get Long Are you going like, to this Lexus dinner in Long Beach I also? I didn't get invited. Oh, me either. I'm going to Chili's. You want to go? You're not going to Chili's. Yes, I am. You're going she's, to Chili's? She's, yeah. She's taking... Is there even a fucking Chili's in Los there Angeles? Are, there are, like, like nine... There well, are like there's nine. nine. Yeah, there are a bunch You've, of them. You you know how many chilies there are. Okay, but listen, I am taking a British I don't man think we to chilies. I'm taking what, what a British, British man? man. What British man? Is it Ryan Lewis Hamilton? Williams. No, oh, uh, no, I would love to take Lewis Hamilton to Chili's. He's a McLaren race engineer. Yes, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so excited to go to Chili's." I'm be like, "Welcome what? to Average America." What? Average America. You know, this is like top two food cities in the country. Right? And the other one's New York. Yeah. When she I go to, to New York, I go to IHOP. <sighs> well, IHOP is okay. nothing wrong with an IHOP. I love but, IHOP. But like, but you, they have IHOP in other places. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's why I'm I go, like, I'm like personally I offended. It's weird. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care if people like people try and insult me by saying there's homeless people here and all kinds of things about being snowflakes and all this shit. And and LA has a lot of things that suck, but chilies. the food is not. One, yeah, well, we have chilies and they suck. We have chilies. I can't believe you would go to a chilies in fucking LA. Listen, listen, I'm not pressuring anybody. She Ryan doesn't... Williams wants to go. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. yeah. Is it because they don't have chilies in England? No, I, they do. I went to one in England. No, for real. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you went to a Chili's in England. It was the only thing open after a shoot. We were driving yeah. back. It was literally the only restaurant open. So that's where that's we what had. working. That's what working for JF is. It was. Uh, it where was are we eating? So the mediocre. only thing left open. So many, and I, I love Chili's mediocre. Is Chili's is fine, but this was a mediocre version of Chili's. I yeah. love yeah. mediocre. And one of the waiter or our server mispronounced Negroni. 
which is a delicious drink, oh, no. and, and he oh, no. crashed that word yeah. into the ground. Yeah, that's oh, bad. There's uh, I cried. It turns <laughs> out there's a racist way to say an Italian cocktail. Oh, no. Not yet, not spelled oh, similarly no. at all. Yeah, but yeah. He he crashed right into the wall. Oh, no. It was, it was uh, wow. Quite funny. You should you should just I can't tell you. How bad of a decision no, this no. is. <laughs> listen, listen, I am she, not peer pressuring anyone. I know. I was asked to go to Chili's. Right. The response is, I'll see you afterwards. <laughs> I'm going somewhere good. No, no, no. But the, the reason this has happened is because she's like had this pitch for Chili's. Because like, you're the connoisseur of yes. Chili's? Yeah. She tweets about it. Whenever yeah. we do they anything. They send me gift cards. Yeah. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Oh, so you're a Chili's influencer? I have a necklace. <laughs> they I have send a, her a necklace. It's a necklace. It's a gold necklace that says Chili's in Cursive. Seriously? <laughs> it says Chili's in cursive hilarious. right there. hilarious. Like the name necklaces? Can you like wear it into a Chili's? I wear and... it to Chili's and the servers go, I want one. I <laughs> just get a ribs tattoo. You know, I, know. Just I like wouldn't eat at Chili's if it was free. <laughs> I should get a thigh tag. <laughs> I, I, I ate Chili's once for in the Chili's. past year because she was talking about, I was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, I'll get some chicken breast and some stuff. And it was okay, but there was so much sodium. Like, yeah, I drink yeah. water for like six days. Yeah, it's, like, it's fucking gnarly <laughs> stuff. Why do you think I drink so much water? Yeah. Yeah, you're, up for all the you're on a constant flush. <laughs> yes, from, you eat I chilies am. once, and you need to do a, like yes. a, a month. I eat flush. chilies once a week. So much salt. Oh my god, you're and, that's oh my, so gross. Every Friday, every Friday. That's so gross. <laughs> I I took the Polestar two there, and everyone on Twitter got mad because it wasn't our Mazda Speed Miata. Well, and I that's. Wait, like, what? They got mad. Is there a tradition? Yes, oh, there's a, a tradition. Spot at the Chili's. We at, park at, in a spot. A reserved spot. Yeah. <laughs> we park in a spot, and oh I take a God. photo, and we took the Polestar, oh, and I, I posted it. I liked you up it. until this moment. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and I posted the Polestar, and everyone was like, where's the Mazda speed? And I was like, It was a, it was a whole thing. Oh, <laughs> I got was, in trouble. It's a pretty nice car, though, isn't it? That yeah, Polestar, too. I like the it's Polestar. It's pretty nice. It, it's, it's, the interior is too porous. There's like just too porous. Yes, porous. Oh, like there's like perforations and shit everywhere. Well, it's just like if there's any bit of dust, you're gonna see it. Oh right. Yeah. Is that what is that what porous means? Yeah, porous. Like you have <laughs> deep pores in your face. Yeah, but that well, that's like holes. Like dust would be like on the bl- you see no, it on the black. But, but you yeah. see the dust because it's a porous oh. material. Oh. You see? Okay. Eh, I don't. See? I guess kind you of. You getting it? Yeah. No. I guess. Like no. pores, like the. the I'm not. I think of pores when I see a porous. I think about something that absorbs. Like a sponge. Yeah, like a sponge or cloth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. See what I'm don't saying? Don't think about it as absorbing dust. I'm More good like with words, okay? Did you write a book? Uh, uh, I'm good with words. <laughs> I wrote a whole book full of words. You did? I did. When's it out? Uh, either in September or October-ish. Nice. Yeah. Do we get ad- advanced media copies or what? I mean, if you want some, Is there sure. a press launch? Uh, no, there's not a press launch, <laughs> but I should Chili's. wine and dine everyone. It's at the Chili's. <gasps> you, I mean, we could have a party. We could have a party. Yeah. We're not a whole yeah. Chili's at for a night. Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're actually the funny thing is, in Los Angeles, you don't have to rent it out. You just show up and it's yours. You're the only person there. Okay, but that's actually the beauty of it. VIP. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. You go yeah. to these restaurants in these big cities, and no one's there because everybody's like, "I gotta go to my fancy restaurant." You go to IHOP, you're the only person there. I didn't say there. fancy. Hey. I'm not a snob about restaurants. Some of the best cheap but food in the country. But you won't go to Chili's. No, it, has, it can't that's be gross. Snobby. We, had, we, had, we had fifteen dollar burritos today. That's pretty much what you would have paid at the Chili's, and we no. had good food. Chili. I would go. Yeah, in L.A., if you want Mexican food, it should be made by Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. in, if the, oh, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Well, if I go to Chile. Authentic. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's the best. Sometimes the best I understand you don't have a choice. If you're in Wisconsin, yeah. there might not be Mexicans. 
Oh. You know, they need they need clear instructions from the franchise home office. <laughs> the worst. That's how the, I like it. The, the worst. The worst Mexican food is uh, in Lime Rock, oh, Connecticut. God. Oh yeah, no. They don't. <laughs> that's, in Connecticut. But that, that was like the only place that was open after we got. Would like, you like a tamale? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how it was. Like it was these like dudes that looked like they should have like gone to Harvard, but yeah. just, like dropped out. They, they might have. Like, they yeah. might have. They probably. They, they might have. Yeah. And they're like it's making Connecticut. Mex- it's Yale. They <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And they're making Mexican food. I was like, this is probably not going to be good. They're like, Dad, if you here's the business plan, Dad. If you give us $5 million, we're going to open a burrito stand in Kent. But it's going to yes. be upscale burritos. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's terrible. It's terrible. It's the worst, oh worst thing ever. There's a, there are a couple decent hipster takes on Mexican food, but I bet you Kent, Connecticut is not where you would but find I'm not, it. But I'm not going to Chili's for Mexican food. I'm going to Chili's to get a skillet cookie. Like, oh. I'm going to get a cookie you the size a, of my face. A yeah. the thing they also sell at the, like, pizza they, it's like Correct. It's in the, yes. the cast iron, uh, yes. little mini cast irons, right? And yeah. it's the size of my head, yeah, and yeah. you eat the cookie. I have that size cast iron at home, and I have made that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you see you see what I'm saying. I, yeah, just buy a fucking cast iron. <laughs> I have a log one! Of, a log of dough. I have one, but I don't know how to, like, cook things. She goes for the vibe. Yes, I do go for the vibe. Chili is the vibe. For the flair. <laughs> it's really... You have, I mean, you brought you have your own flair. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. My husband cooks. I don't know Does how to. Does he go turn. to Chili's? Yeah. Oh, he loves Chili's. Oh my. Oh, we love Chili's. It's our thing. We have a server, like their server. We have a server, and <laughs> he comes to see us. That's the most normal thing about this. Yes, he comes that to see us. Someone there that is. I like. I I get that. I have a I, at my favorite restaurants. Okay. I yeah. sit in see? a particular section. Yeah. See exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. understandable. And the rest of the week, my husband cooks because I don't know how to turn on is the that, oven. Is Chili's where they put the Jack Daniels shit on everything? Yeah, that's yep. that, as it is, right? Yep. <laughs> They had the they had the bourbon menu in the, in the UK. They did. Oh. Okay. So yeah. so the UK one was it like did it have like any like weird like UK specific food like, or was it just like, like curry or was it just uh, like straight up like American I remember chilies. I remember six of us got fajitas. There were like or five of us got fajitas. The sixth person they were out of fajitas <laughs> for real, and so they had to get something else. Of and. And, How and, are you and, and out of <laughs> <fajitas? laughs> like onions, peppers, and fucking chicken? It's like they need well, all those ingredients to make <laughs> other things. Uh, it felt like it felt like the ingredients had been shipped from the United States. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the well, way ours tasted. So that's I why got they news ran out. for you, Zach. Yeah, they were. That's why they ran out. <laughs> okay. yeah. But how did you decide who didn't get the fajitas? Like, was it wrong? The last paper, person scissors? to order. The last person, the last <laughs> person to order. <laughs> I think it was Spinelli. That's so yeah. mean. Poor Spinelli. Oh wow. Yeah. How do you decide who gets screwed? It's Spinelli. Absolutely. It's always always Spinelli. Yeah. He just, yeah. And yeah, he was also the one that ordered the drink that was mispronounced. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bad experience all around. I can see that happening to him. He was also in charge of the tip. Oh, God. Um,. Yeah. I am actually really excited for your book, though. Thank you. You're in it. I know. My ta- my blind taste test didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. No, it didn't. No. Do you want to talk about it? Are we allowed to? Should we start I Well, I just I sure. hypothesized that it was basically just private label Red Bull. Yeah, you did. And, but then if you tasted them back to back, they're not. And then I think you actually, didn't you actually find yeah. what it was? Yeah, so 
Elizabeth and Chris actually brought me a can of Red Bull at, to Watkins Glen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we, we looked up, like, looked wait, up the... No, no, right, of rich, not, energy. rich Energy. Not yeah. Red Bull, sorry. Yeah, I was like, yeah, wait. <laughs> can of Rich Energy. They brought it to me at the track when they came to the Watkins Glen race, and then we looked up the ingredients and found some company. I can't remember now, but... But it was was a one company. There was like eleven different like yeah. rebrands of it. Of like basically had like the main like eighteen ingredients, and then just like one is different for mm-hmm. each of them. So there's one that's it's like, just some shitty private yeah, label yeah, company yeah, that makes it yeah, right. Just like yeah, yeah. It's like just different flavors. And one there was like a CBD one, yeah. and like they just add like <laughs> CBD a little one. Of course, they yeah. just add a little bit of like something to change it. Yeah, but I drink so, it. Yeah, I won a race. So I drank it. There you go. And I want to race that Rich day. energy really? wine. Yeah. Oh, How impressive. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was. I have one can left. Maybe I should. Maybe I should drink it. Wait, we should get it <laughs> at my house. Oh, it's, it's my not house. here. I forgot it. I was at like, home. we could have. We could have. Okay. The, the, so have you? You've you've I've drank had it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it tastes fine. So my. It's book, not horrible. No, it's fine. So my book for people who don't know is about the Rich Energy Haas Formula One team when Rich Energy entered Formula One and no one knew what this was and then everything imploded very very quickly. Yes. Extremely hilarious. Yes, I mean it, everything about it. How is long great. was it between when they joined F one with Haas and left? Months? So they no, yes, months. So they joined. They announced their partnership with Haas in October of 2018, and by September 9th, 2019, was when Haas confirmed that they were done. But earlier than that, Rich Energy had said, we are dropping Haas for performance. It's like, you're not breaking up with <laughs> me. Twitter. I'm breaking up with you. On Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. on Twitter. And Haas said, there's not a performance clause in our contract. <laughs> and then a month later, Haas was like, okay, yeah, we're done. Was Gunther Steiner there at this t- at the time? Yes, Gunther yes. was there. S- yes. This guy, man. This guy yes. is, this is the most resilient punching <laughs> really bag in Formula One. Imagine, really I mean, imagine how many times a day this guy's got to just roll his fucking eyes at yes. something. It's <laughs> like, oh, this poor bastard. Oh like, my God. Just, well, you know, I finished the current season of Drive to Survive, yeah. as I imagine both you guys did. Absolutely. He's sitting in that fucking baby car in the Aldi <laughs> ad. I'm like, this poor fucking bastard. <laughs> poor guy. Just imagine him having to deal with William's story. Like, did you actually speak to William's story? Yes. Did he cooperate so, in with the book? Not with the book. Uh, before the book. So we talked when we first did the investigation about Rich Energy. We had an interview with William's story. So um, we called him up. We were like, "Hey, we're looking into your brand. We're wondering what's going on." Pretty much. We are and not the FBI. I assure you. <laughs> so we. <laughs> About some words. Um, So we had this conversation on the phone with him, and it turned out that right around the time of this original phone interview was when he'd gone to court with the bicycle company Uh over the logo. So it, you know, this bicycle company went after Rich Energy because they were like, our logos look exactly the same. So right around. (laughs) Was it white, white, white white bikes? Yes. W H Y T E. Yes, yeah, white bikes. Um, yeah. Yes, British, yeah. Uh, British bicycle company, and they were like, "Yeah, our logos look very similar." And so they went to court. And around the time that I talked to William Story the first time was when they were in court for this mm-hmm. copyright case. And it's really funny. He told me he was like, "Yeah, we've now sold in excess of a hundred million cans of Rich Energy." That was what he said to me on the phone. Okay. Prove right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Prove it. Right before this interview, he had been in court with White Bikes. Yeah. And he said, yeah, we've sold 90 million cans. And the judge said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, we have we have 90 million cans, but we have not yet filled and sold them. That's and hilarious. The judge was like, okay, so how many? And he was like, uh... Three million in 2018, I believe is, like, mm-hmm. I'm just recalling that from memory. Yeah, we did three million in 2018. And then he gets on the phone with me right after that. And, and he goes... Says, uh, 100 million. Yes. 
Because, like, I have to assume that, like, you don't expect the judgment to go public and be right. very, very newsworthy. And so who's going to catch that? Yeah. Me. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So that's in the book. So where where is this fucking guy, like, what's his deal? I mean, he didn't just come out of nowhere and start this energy company, right? No, he had a bunch of he had a bunch of companies before this. Uh-huh. Um, Were any of them like noteworthy at all? No, not really. <laughs> just like they're just companies. Because um, like, why does he look like the Duck Dynasty guy? Too? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Which, by the way, have you ever seen a picture of the Duck Dynasty guy before? I, like preppy and stuff. The fucking yeah. khakis yeah, and yeah, the yeah. pink shirt. Wait, yeah. are you serious? Yeah, oh yeah. This? No. Yeah, like, oh like, yeah. Like in their like early to mid twenties. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Zach, find it, the picture of yeah. the Duck Dynasty like, guys before oh they got the goodness. show. Yeah. And what? it is yeah. huh. Like country what? club, everything. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, there, <gasps> there in the middle, right picture. in the middle. That, yeah. What? And we got, no, that on the, that's, on that's, the right there, look, on the bottom, right, right there, that, that's, them, that's yeah. them. That's the Duck Dynasty, yeah. Who would have thought? Duck Dynasty yeah. guys in fucking, like, white polo shirts. <laughs> Who would have thought that TV isn't real? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, guys, we're going to need to trump this up. Yeah. We're going to need to redneck <laughs> the fuck out of this. We're going to need to. We are going to need a confederate audience <laughs> and so whatever it is you gotta do you just go this do was, that this was right around that time that kind of vibe was taking yeah. off you know there was like an era where that vibe was a thing yeah. like the yee yee vibe that was a <laughs> thing for a while yeah. and then it kind of fell out of fashion yeah but we just want to sell our duck whistles why can't, why can't we just sell the duck whistles <laughs> the duck whistle instrument just as we are father why can't we just go on as we are daddy daddy <laughs> <laughs> I want the duck whistle now. I know the burrito stand in Kent didn't work, Daddy, but... but <laughs> same though. It's, it's their brothers. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, too, is, like, where I am in North Carolina is fascinating because of some of these connections. Like, like Gunther Steiner, like, because Haas F1 has an office in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Yeah, he has houses. I'll just randomly, like... Just he'll just be around like Huntersville, North Carolina, yeah. uh. which is like NASCAR area because yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of like bunch of people live there. There's yeah. this kind of like fancyish area now. Uh-huh. One of my favorite pie shops where I go, so I see all these people. Mm-hmm. But he'll just be random like chilling at like this pizza place, just having a pizza. It's just yeah. Gunther Steiner in the middle of like North Carolina. Well, without yeah. Drive to Survive, nobody knows who the fuck yeah. Gunther yeah. Steiner yeah. is. Sure, I mean, sure. you know, yeah. you could, you know. Hey, yeah. for this TV Bozy, show. I really enjoyed your, your analysis of the focus and finding, finding the headgasket. Oh, that's oh, that's very like good. It. Why do you sound exactly Where do you, yeah. like it? You had that buried the whole yeah. fucking time? You had a Gunther Steiner the, so, this whole time? Yeah, see, if you need like voiceover. Yeah, like, uh, yeah I know. <laughs> to hire Zach. Sure. You, you, oh my God, Zach, you can just read the book. Okay. That'll be great. We got, we oh my God! You want to? You should do the audio book oh as Gunther Steiner. That would be really, would be really fucking funny. Actually, that would be so funny. You could read his lines if he has disease. Yeah. Is he quoted in the book? So Haas did not want to participate. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. But can you just pull it off of Twitter? So <laughs> there are tons of Gunther Steiner quotes in there because okay, Gunther Steiner is full of quotes and basically it's just like every single sentence that he says is just like fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck. Like he doesn't actually say anything. He just says fuck. Yeah, the like, only word he can't say is oligarch. Yeah, Besides right? that, he can say anything he fucking wants. Right? Just not the O word. Yeah. No, idea, no idea what that means. We sell fertilizer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
That was the funniest moment of the entire season God. four of Drive to Survive. Spoiler was... alert. Oh. He works for an oligarch oh and can't God. use the O word. Yeah. Oh. I thought that whole season was really, really funny because like we're obviously watching the Nikita Mazepin stuff happen right after all of that has yeah. just imploded yeah. in real life. Yes. And he's like, I belong in Formula One. Sure I'm you staying. do. Yeah, it, was like a, it was like a flashback movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, it was like a flashback movie. It was fucking crazy. God, it was good. And was, William Story's English, right? Yes, he is. Yes. But, mm-hmm. he's, he's, but he's not in, he's in America, right? Or is he in England? No, so he's he's a big Donald Trump fan. Of course um, he is. <laughs> That's, the beard told me that. Yeah, big, <laughs> so he really likes American politics. Uh, he commented on American politics as early as like 2016. He was mm-hmm. big on the Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump race. Shocking. Uh, he wrote lots of commentary about it. That's in the book too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wrote Probably has a lot to say about her emails. Oh, he has lots to say about <laughs> Hillary Clinton, yes. Um, and he's a big Donald Trump fan, but yeah, he's British, so he walks around in London with the Make America Great Again hat on. That's and so weird. It's fascinating to be like really like a big fan of a politician from another country. Yeah. yeah Imagine, I'm just picturing someone like walking, ra- walking yeah. around here with a fucking Boris Johnson That's hat on. That's the thing. What are you doing? Like, Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? What are you doing? Are you but doing? it's it's really fascinating. Like, he's big COVID truther. Like, of course he is. Loves COVID misinformation. He's always posting about Corona Bullocks. Corona bollocks? Uh, oh my god! Scamdemic or plandemic? One yeah, of those. Yeah. Um, the, I think plandemic was the the quote documentary. Yeah. Right? Okay. So scamdemic is the one he uses, I think. Uh, and corona bollocks. And... This guy. Look at this fucking guy. I mean, you can just tell this is a guy with one photo, and you go, "This guy is out of his goddamn mind." Well, he looks like Rasputin. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> but. You know, I came to the conclusion over the course of many years of following this and just studying this man because I had to study this man in depth to be able to write about him. Why? Yeah, why I mean, obviously this guy sucks, but he's, does he suck in that much of an entertaining way that you're like, I need to write seventy five thousand words on this? Yeah, really? It's very is it entertaining. An, is it an epic level of sucking? I have read this book so many times from front to back, and it is entertaining. All the way through. Really? Like front to back every single time. And like I forget because obviously when you write a book, you write it and you fact check it as you write. And then you go back and you fact check it again. And then you go back and fact check it again. You will go and read it and you will go, there's no way this is real. But it's been fact checked like four times. Amazing. Like there's no way this is real. It's, I can't even explain. Has he ever done anything right? Uh, what's the what's give tell me a good thing about William's story <laughs> one good thing he can sell you anything oh, that is how he got into Formula One he got into Formula One yeah he got into Formula One sure everyone we spoke to was like that man could sell you anything like it could be air yeah. and he could sell it to you and it doesn't make any sense like it logically it doesn't make any sense yeah but you'll buy it is there what was like what was uh like the hook with rich energy, like Red Bull gives you rings. Does this does this make you rich? Gives you horns, and then they horns. got in trouble. <laughs> they got in trouble. Let me guess. He's got some things to say about Jews. Rich energy gives you horns, unless you're a fucking we're, Jew, mate. In that case, Red Bull. <laughs> we're gonna hold on. Um, 
But he got in trouble for that. Uh, that was the whole thing. Um, that's in the book. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, in did the Red Bull have a, a problem with the whatever give, gives you, uh, gives you a body part? They have a trademark <laughs> on that? They're, they were not very happy. No. That's so funny. They were not sense. very happy. Um, so that's a whole thing. And Liquid Dolphin gives you flippers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, it, it gives you horns is just such a bad slogan. It's, like, it's so know. narrow. Yeah. Give you wings is like, that's a very I mean, especially because like, like bulls uplifting. have horns. Yeah. And, and that's then where like, yeah. horns bull, is just yeah. like. Yeah. Well, in the that's phrase is grab cute. the bull by the horns. It's like, go after life. And he's like, what if we had the horns? <laughs> <laughs> and Red Bull is grabbing our <laughs> that's, that's a cocaine conversation. <laughs> what, if we, what if we have the horns? It's like, yeah. he reminds me of the guy from the other guys. He's like. You know, um, what's the fucking British guy from the other guys? He's like the bad guy. He's like, children, what if they raised adults? <laughs> like, like oh run out there, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wish I could explain to you how funny all of the occurrences in this book are. Like, it's. I believe it. It's so funny. Like, so. Early on in rich energy marketing, I'll give you an example. I won't give you specific examples because it's not appropriate for the internet. Um, it's appropriate for the book. It's not appropriate for the I'm internet. Not, I'm not. Uh, well, yeah, Holy, I'm, do you know what I've seen in the last in the internet in the last fair. 24 uh, hours alone? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, so I won't give you the specific like book titles, but okay. early on in rich energy's marketing, they just kind of like pulled images from. The web. Uh huh. Right they, click, save as. Yeah, and they put rich That's how I got an logos. NFT collection. Yeah, right. <laughs> same. Uh, and they, they put rich energy logos all, all over this. So, like, there would be an ad for laser hair removal. Rich Energy logo. That's so funny, uh, really. A perfume ad. Rich Energy logo. And like, was, would they take the just the photo yes. and then put their? That's so like yes. so. I used to work in a branding company, and this is what we would do for like mood boards. Uh huh. Like, yeah. you yes. want to rebrand no, Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah. And this so was on you'd Twitter. Like, you would, you know, you yeah. get fucking shit from magazines and uh -huh. then put the logo on it and like. Yes. But it's not published. No. Publish no, this, this is on Twitter. <laughs> so um, fucking funny. And so. They would repost these images again and again with different captions. So, like, these same images that they got from the internet would just so repost funny. again and again. One of their favorites was actually a stock image used on a lot of erotic fiction. <laughs> it's like Fabio's thing yeah, kind of thing? Like no, a, it was, it's this woman, and she has a Rich Energy logo on her shoulder. Like tattooed? Yeah, and yeah. there's, like, a man holding on to her. Um, <laughs> and there's, like, this black tie affair kind of thing. And they've got the Rich Energy logo on it. And this... Stock photo. I don't know how inappropriate am I allowed to be. There's literally okay. no rules at Great. all. Great, no anything rules. You want. So this stock photo was used on this erotic fiction novel called Formal Fingering: Risking It All, Something Something Something. There's a book called Formal <laughs> Fingering. <laughs> yes. It's an ebook. Wow. So you, have to, you have to go to finish. Sounds like an instruction manual. Right? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, there it is. Yes! That, that's by, the image. By Jamie Fox. Okay, by Jamie Foxx. Fuchs. 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 If you're a Porsche fan, if you're an erotic so, fiction fan, it's by Jamie Fox. So, on yeah, and so there's her, the, I think I remember seeing it. It's on her, on it's her on right her shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the one where she's turned around, it's on her shoulder. And wow. They share that formal image. Formal finger. Have you read Formal Finger? I have not read Formal Finger. I mean, I feel like. 
like we have to. I mean, should we? Is there a summary of it somewhere? Okay, book club. Notes. <laughs> book club, though. We can start a book club. If anyone club. out there has actually read Formal Fingering, please, please hit us up. Leave, just leave the clip notes in the comments. <laughs> we would love to know. Just, but just pretty sure I could guess. It looks like, is it a trilogy? <laughs> yeah, I think it uh, is. What's the third image from the left there, Zach? It seems like there's multiple... Yes! Oh my god! Oh, what does that yes. one say? Uh, oh! Becoming naughty, naughty in, in public, public book, book one. one, and this this exact oh, line. The next three in the series. Dude. What's what is the sequel to Formal Fingering? Uh, lusting to be caught, which is about lusting to be caught. And then the third is work for exposure, naughty sex, sex at work. At work. Oh I think God. this is a fucking instruction, man. <laughs> I think it is. I, is this a how-to? Can what? we see the some first reviews? One, the first one is free. Zero dot right? zero. zero. Oh, it is. <laughs> they get you oh with the God. intro. Oh, oh my wow. God. And then you keep reading. <laughs> yeah. You're just hooked. Where's wow. Oh, look, look, go, go up to the top. There's a look inside. Click oh on my, the look okay, inside. Wait, let's read. Let's read. <laughs> Literally free. I want to read. Wait, where's that thing? Where's look inside. inside. Above the photo. Above the bow tie. Look inside. Look inside. What does that even mean? You can flip into the book, yeah. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I mean, it's a, it's free, so yeah. why even? <laughs> rar, we have a rar. Oh my! Wow! God! Oh, panties! I see panties. The word panties is Fuck there. Fuck it! Mm-hmm. Oh! Up twice in one paragraph. Oh wow! Mister <laughs> mm, mm, Fancy oh, Suit. Yeah. No, so okay, so it's not a. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. It might be fiction. Oh, or, yeah, or it's not. A, it's an erotic. Might be fiction. nonfiction. Maybe it's yeah. I don't think yeah. it's educational. Yes, it's very. I, you uh, know. It would have been cool. You know, what a shame when <laughs> unsafe at any speed is so expensive to buy on Amazon. And, <laughs> this is free. <laughs> formal fingering <laughs> free. is so cheap. But it's, it's nice to have that kind of access to literature. So do they, do, they get, do, they get sued, do they get sued by you know, Jamie Fox? No, so this really, is the country you came to. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this image has not only been used on this book. It has been used on other erotic sure. fiction. So I believe it's a stock image that you can purchase to to like license out for your ebooks. I see a cover. Yes, Alanis. exactly. Here's <laughs> our cover. You license. You should Here's license our, oh this image God. for your fucking Wait book cover. Wait a second. Yeah. We should. Yeah, the special edition. And then it's about Formula One. Yeah. So the meta. special edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my. Super so, meta. Director's yeah. cut. This, this is the kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of stuff that's in there. You're like reading it, and then suddenly there's a paragraph that says formal fingering, risking it all in public. Like, yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, what does this have to do with this? And then there was this whole like, the Rich Energy account loved posting photos of women with large undomesticated cats <laughs> in bras and underwear. And so, like, there's Cocaine. a woman. That's hilarious. Yes, there's a woman. Did they have a social media person, or is this just William Story doing this? Show? Okay, so were, were they with Mike Tyson? How many employees Listen, did Rich Energy have? I can't confirm, but. The Rich Energy account tweets a lot like William Story. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, one of the people we talked to for the book was very, very helpful. They said, he wants you to think it's a lot bigger than it is. And then you get on the inside and you're like, oh, this is a lot smaller than you say it is. Um, You could have an energy drink company with, like, literally one person. You could, You can private yes. label everything. You could. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we talked to a lot of people. <laughs> if you have a credit card and basic Photoshop skills, yes. you too. Or you don't need, need basic Photoshop <laughs> skills. You can just go find formal fingering and pull their photo. <laughs> and so it's just stuff like this throughout the book. Like the women with the tigers, like there's a woman like straddling a tiger on a bed and it's a rich energy ad, but they just pulled this from like a Sports Illustrated shoot. So awesome. It's like, 
I thought, oh, and they just throw the logo on there, but aren't they, don't they get sued by a photographer or something like that? So I don't know that the photographer's ever noticed. Um, <laughs> I really don't. So I say Sports Illustrated because I think there was some Sports Illustrated. I don't know what this particular tiger was from. Um, but there were also just random... Cannot verify the whereabouts of the tiger. Cannot verify it. Um, <laughs> but there were also just random photos where like they would get photos of people doing wingsuit jumping, which is where you jump off yeah. of a cliff. Yeah. yeah. And like a suit. Yeah. And they... Right at the top of the list, the shit I ain't doing. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was this one post that was one like, fly high with rich energy, like no bull or something, because they always said no bull. Yeah. And I reached out to the person who was actually in the photo because, yeah. you know, I looked up the photo. I found where it was from. And they were like, yeah, no, nobody asked me to use that, and they did not have my permission. And I was like, cool. thought so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's operating fully in. It's the internet who gives it's a the shit. Internet. <laughs> who cares, right? Yeah. yeah. It was. Oh man, there's just stuff like that throughout the book, and then there's the more hardcore stuff. Like then there's the stuff we couldn't even report formal because fucking? we couldn't. Yeah, formal fucking. formal fucking. Yeah, absolutely. We got to no, move up from formal core. fingering. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's the soft core stuff. Uh, yeah. And then there was stuff that you couldn't even confirm. There was some wild stuff we couldn't confirm, and you know, it's that's a shame. It's sad. It's sad. There were some NDAs and. We couldn't confirm, oh, that's but unfortunate. we teased it. We teased uh-huh. it, right? So it's like rumors mm. say. Can you use that? What's the what's your hedge against that? So there's there's a claim Think- in there that has to do with a certain racetrack, and we mm-hmm. just say a racetrack. We were informed yeah. of a thing about a racetrack, but we could not confirm it with multiple sources. Uh-huh. We could the sources like collaborated with each other and they were like no we can't because of NDAs uh-huh. but they wouldn't come to us oh. it was okay. sad well, but, that's unfortunate you know there's a lot of wild stuff in there we talked to a lot of former Haas employees it was wild the whole thing's wild I've read it so many times and it never gets boring <laughs> it's ridiculous and yeah. then there's your taste test and it's really t- lovely yeah my taste test I thought would be uh, I thought would be a little more it's amazing is it it's really good does it translate to writing yes like well okay yes. good yes Good. I'll let you read your taste test if you want to. I want to read the whole book. I want to buy the yes. book and read it. But I think I want to. But I would like a a, a review copy, yeah. or something that I can. Uh, that's so actually can help sell you sell some books. That's actually what we're trying to figure out. We're like, how early do we want to release a review copy? Because there is stuff in here that no one knows about, and we don't necessarily want to go super early with the review copies because then people can report on it. And then there goes all these scoops we had about Rich Energy. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, how early do we want to do it? We're going to have to figure that out. I mean, out. like, probably just like a couple weeks before yes. people can actually buy it. That's what it. we're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, it doesn't need to be like months and months ahead. Yeah. So we're trying to figure that out because- And you can pre-order it right now, can't yes, you? Yes, you can. Yes, mcfarlandbooks.com and also on richenergybook.com. That's the easier place to do it. So yeah. Just pre-order. A lot of opportunities for gold. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> pre-order if you're in. Yes, lots of gold. Uh, you can pre-order it if you're in America. We don't have um, other countries set up yet. We will soon. Sorry, William, you can't order it. <laughs> sorry, William, not yet. Um, we will have those set up soon, but right now you have to pay a lot of shipping to get it to another country. Wait, so did you? Does does he does he get to comment on the book? We reached out to him. Uh-huh. Um, the messages were marked as seen. We reached out to him on multiple platforms. He has fucking read receipts turned on, this guy? He, he, we reached <laughs> out to amateur. him on <laughs> mul- mul- multiple platforms, multiple platforms, and gave him deadlines. Really? Lengthy deadlines. And no, and no comment for the nothing. first time ever. For the first time ever, nothing. He has nothing to say about and it. And we sent him, um, I'm trying to think of the exact number, I believe it was 115 questions. 
And he answered none of them. Hmm. And like, when you do this, you go through the book and you go, I have to ask about every single thing that's in here. Yeah. There's like 150. So he questions. knows he knows what the book's about. He knows basically. everything that's in the book. He <laughs> yeah. knows everything that's in the book. Just yeah. like the Haas team was given the opportunity to see everything that's in the book, and, and they chose not to participate. The, the big story. I mean, the 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 reason that you are writing a book about it is not just because this guy's a fucking lunatic. Is because basically he convinced a Formula One yes. team that he had millions and millions of dollars to yes. spend on, and that, but he actually didn't. Yes, and you'll have to remember that back in 2019, this was before like the big Formula One wave, and this was actually before Formula One was super entertaining in the modern era, like the past few mm-hmm. years. Formula One was pretty boring in 2019. Yeah. And so this was the most exciting thing that was happening, like by far. Well, and Haas was, was the first American yes. team, right, in 30 years, forever, right? 30 Since years. like Eagle or yep. something, right? Was it since Eagle? Uh, I don't what know. was the last I'm American team? Um, Gurney Eagle, right? It's, it's in the book. <laughs> what was the, the last, what was like, the last American? It was 30 years ago. Hang on. What else do we? What else do we have? The USF one team. Yeah, that never got off the ground. Yeah, never got off the ground. No. Okay. It was like when I was a kid. That was the last time. Like when I was like a few years old. That was yeah. the last time there was like an because American team. Because when Haas announced it, they said we're the first American team in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't and remember. I'm trying, I can't remember who it was, but yeah. it was somebody like in the late 80s, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. Who are a uh, brief history of American F1 teams? There we go. Who do we uh-oh, got? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh boy. Where are we at? Oh There's boy. There's Gunther. Um, all, all American, American racers, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's Gurney. Okay, yep. so there we go. I, yeah, so I, I did it, AAR. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it. All right, I but, actually did get that one. Yeah. How about that? Oh, and Scarab was one too. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Oh. But oh. yeah, it was a, nice a whole word. thing. Hundred thousand words. They are all entertaining. Yeah. Did you enjoy the process of writing a book? I really did. Yeah. I really did. Uh, the fact checking was difficult, but sure. the rest of it was fun. Do you want to write another book? Not for a while. <laughs> Maybe formal fingering, maybe that kind of vibe, you know. Before the fourth in the in the thing. There's less. What was the last one? Fucking at work. Was that volume three? Something like that. Yeah. There's less fact checking involved with that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Creative license. Exactly. There's more creative license, less fact checking. You know, it's a little easier, but. Wait, and on the on the the covers says Elizabeth Blackstock. And Alanis King, and, yes. Al- and the and is like a different color and an italics. I know. What, does that? Who's who? Who did, who, did so you? Are you fifty fifty? I designed. Yes, we are fifty fifty. Uh-huh. Um. Uh. So I designed a mock up cover and sent it to McFarland, and they made a few tweaks. And one of the tweaks was the italics and stuff like that, and then the subtitle. Um. So they just made it. I turned one in where racing with rich energy kind of melded into that triangle, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "No, we need it to like have more space between it." So they changed that, and then they made the subtitle bigger, and then they changed the fonts on our names. But yeah, it's fifty-fifty. I did a lot of the fact checking and stuff like that. I did obviously the imagery and stuff. Elizabeth did the citations, which was ridiculous. We have twelve hundred citations. She spent many, many hours on the citations. Yeah. Um, 50-50, we, we wrote things and then we put them together and then we made them sound like each other. So it was a mixture of all yeah. of us all the way through. And cool. it was a lot of work. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I, bet. Oh, yeah. so. I had an agent for like six minutes and he was like, you should write a book. And I'm like, okay, no. about what? And they're like... He's like, you, you don't have something? I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't have fucking anything. Bozy should write a book of just no. Twitter threads. People have done more like, no. with less. People have done more with less for sure. I mean, Judd Apatow's books are just like 
transcriptions of conversations he has with other comics. God, that's fair. I would I mean, love you that. have to first become Judd Apatow to do that. But like, yes. you could you could take uh, premises that began on Twitter and expound on them in a book. I mean, I've done that. I've gotten I've gotten contracts like that. Like, uh, have you? <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that. contracts where somebody's like, "I saw your thread here. We'd like you to do that for us once a week." Yeah. And Did so, it go anywhere? Yeah, I've, I have some that I have right now, like my NASCAR contract right now. Oh yeah, it's literally all from Twitter. That's awesome! <laughs> yeah, wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They're like, they're like, you're tweeting out stuff that we don't even know. Like the NASCAR <laughs> like editorial people, they're like, in this, you know, they're like, you want to write this for us for NASCAR.com and nice. NASCAR Twitter? I was like, sure. They pay all right. Yeah, it's very solid. Yeah, I was yeah. like very pleased. Like no, like really deep negotiation, nothing. There's like. I'm like, this is, you know, where I work in this range. They're like, we'll give you the middle of that range. I'm like, cool. And that Up was the it. range next time. <laughs> yeah. Up the range. Yeah. Bozy's valuable. Yeah. Bozy is valuable. That's the man true. has fucking knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Much more knowledge than I do. He knows where to, He's he the knows smart where to one. find shit, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's, the smart one. Everybody has different knowledge. You're, you're smart with your stuff. I'm smart with my stuff. She, she, He's she, so nice. Yeah, she, she like downplays her, her stuff, and, but she, she knows her stuff. I know my stuff. Everybody has different skill sets, and we just do what we need to do. But, you know, like I've read. Sometimes that. together in exactly. racing spaces on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Sometimes. My wife is like, so I'm like, you know, I, I was like, you know, I have like friends that actually, because she's, yeah. she works at Twitter. Yeah. And so, oh my. and so I was like, you know, I have friends that actually use spaces. She's All like, the really? Time. All really? the time. What do is they do? it every week or is it every every week? Yeah. Every single week. We were doing spaces last night, and yeah, then yeah. we got together this afternoon. Yeah, we were doing oh, wow. spaces have, last night. You have uh, twenty four hundred fucking followers. Yeah, that's raising spaces. That's, that's after nice. like a year. Like yeah. it's you know. Yeah, we don't even. Yeah, we literally that whole account there is for us to just tweet pictures during spaces. Yes. Like we oh. don't promote it. We don't, we don't do anything. Promote it, yeah, nothing. like it's just that, and we just retweet stuff that people tweet at us, or if we want to tweet something <laughs> that we're talking about, uh, then we'll tweet oh, it to that wait, account. Can, can you explain to what racing spaces is? Yes. To the so, fans. So. <laughs> Twitter has a portion that's called Twitter Spaces, where it's basically like podcasts but live. And the benefit there is that anybody that's logged into Twitter through the Twitter app and even through PCs now can log in and listen to the conversation, and you can invite anybody you want up to the stage. Yeah. So it's a very, very easy going impromptu way to do stuff like this, but. Mm -hmm. Just do Twitter it. was like, let's put Clubhouse out of business. Correct. That's, that's yes. literally, that's literally what, what they were trying to do. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know, like right when it started. Uh, we it's were all bozy. We were talking about it, and one of our other friends, Rebecca, she's all into Clubhouse and all this other stuff. And she's like, "This is cool." Is that still happening? People uh, still use. She, she does Clubhouse. You do? Sometimes. I don't. I don't Not do Clubhouse anymore. anymore. I did Clubhouse for a long time, um, and then it kind of died out. You I know? feel like I heard about it for about three days, and then. <laughs> I was on there for a few months, and then it kind of died out. It was really fun. You know, they had, like, comedy rooms and stuff yeah. like that. But then everybody kind of got back into the world, and people stopped using club. Right. It was like that era of pandemic where everyone was getting really, really, like... Lonely. crazy. Yeah, yeah. really <laughs> lonely. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like going to the bar, you yeah, know? Yeah. You would just go in these random rooms and talk to people, and it was really fun, but it served, like, a specific purpose and a specific sure. moment in time. And then, you know, people stopped... Yeah. It as much. I have a friend who's like kind of a, you know, cutting it. He's a, it's a crypto and he's always, yeah. anytime there's a new thing, he's always like the first guy I know. And mm -hmm. he fucking texts me and he goes, This, you have to do this. Clubhouse, <laughs> this is your shit. And I go, All right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give it a try. I download it and it goes, and I, and it goes, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, Im import your contacts list? You know, <laughs> so I go, Yeah, okay, yes, and blah, blah, blah. And I fucking logged in and within, 30 seconds, I found myself in a room or whatever you call yeah. it 
with four people yeah. who I had block I had blocked in my like not blocked <laughs> but I had them in my phone as don't answer. Oh my god. Like I've got don't answer like 1 through 20 in my phone. Oh my god. So I'm one the, of them. You're definitely you're not in my phone at all. You should be but you're not. Wow. I but like your phone. I, oh you are in my phone. Oh no, you my are my phone. God. Yeah, but you're not as don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> She's never answered. Never, <laughs> never answered. Fucking crazy bitch. No. <laughs> I am. No, Thank I you. Have, I have, there's a few X's and then there's some other people that are like hard nose. But but I found myself <laughs> in a room with all, like, dude, what's up? And I'm like, fuck, log <laughs> out. Out. No, out. No, no, no. Never no, again. No. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, this is actually out. kind of what NASCAR drivers do with racing spaces. Yeah, so, but that's the thing, though. So kind of to continue with what Twitter spaces and how we got into it is – we basically are like, this is this new thing. We're like, let's try it out. And let's try it out. This new thing on Twitter or whatever, you know, let's try it out. So me and Alanis and our friend Rebecca were like, well, let's just launch it one night. And we didn't even know how it worked. Yeah, we didn't know so what we were So we're just like, we're just going to talk between our, amongst ourselves because we have, you know, like group chats or whatever. Yeah. Just, yep. you know, we're like, we'll just talk about random racing stuff because there wasn't anybody doing a racing one. And we started it and then like 150 people showed up. And we're like, okay. Yeah, I guess we do. Th- I guess we do this now. Yeah, yeah I guess and, this is a thing now. Yeah, and then I was at dinner with one of my friends, uh, Zach Veach, who's a IndyCar former IndyCar driver. He drove uh, mm-hmm. on our IMSA team last year. Mm-hmm. Right before we did that episode, I'm like, hey man, I was like, sign on to this. We just want to see and like, you know, we want to see how it works. And you know, people know you. So he signed on for a little bit, and then a bunch of other people popped on, and we had like I don't know, like four or five racing drivers, some engineers. And we were discussing racing suits on the first yes, one. Yes, we so, were. <laughs> discussing like different styles of pants for racing suits. Oh, yeah, suits. yeah, the NASCAR yeah, style yeah, versus, the, the, versus yes. like, the scrunchy one. Right, cuff, right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't like the scrunchy one. It's weird. Are you she's, serious? She's a, she's, a, she's a scrunchy pants fan. And I like the boot Scrunchy pants all the way. They remind me of like my Jinkos in the 90s. Scrunchy pants are the female gaze. Boot cuts <laughs> are what NASCAR drivers do because they're just... They well, want no, it's, to rebel it's fire, against the it's fire protection. They're scrunchy pants with an extra layer. I don't and care. I, 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 do I you crew. want fire protection or do you want to look cute? Fire protection. Fire cute. Protection. Fire protection. You want to look cute. Well, let's go to Roma and Grosjean yeah. for the answer on this. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the thing. So racing spaces was just a coincidental kind of thing where the two of us plus yeah. our friend discussed it. And then by like the second time we tried it, we had a group of like a dozen people that were like full episode there. So we yeah. just brought a group together. And then mm-hmm. eventually... Me and Alanis kind of ended up running it with some regulars and then a bunch of other people. But the cool thing that happened is that, like, racing drivers, whether that's NASCAR yeah. drivers or IndyCar or IMSA or wherever, or even Formula One drivers, that we've had all kinds of people on, mm-hmm. is that they found this to be more easygoing than their, like, media obligations. Yeah, of course. Yes. So, you know, usually they're scheduled. You're going to talk to this outlet for this many minutes. These are the questions. Yeah. And here, they just see a little bubble pop up and see all their friends are there. Yep. And they're like, well, I should click on this, see what's up. See and what's then they, going on. Yeah, and then they click on it. And we're like, oh, look, there's this guy. Uh-huh. Hey, you want to come up on stage? And they're just probably, like, sitting there on their phone. Like, yeah. I was just trying to see what my friends were doing and then all of a sudden their microphone is turned on on their phone nice <laughs> and we're like hey man what's up or hey you know what's going on he's like they're like what is this are and they that, folks you've met before and are some, ra- some yeah. are and, so, and yeah. some are some are just that are common friends so like maybe i know a racing driver or she knows a yep. racing driver and one of them is signed on so another racing driver that follows them on twitter sees the bubble pop yep. up and they just pop up there and then she'll go on or i'll go on and, hey you know you, we see you down there. You want to come, come up on, on stage? Microphone and, activated. Where yeah. were you on January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, oh there's probably God. a few NASCAR guys that don't want to answer that. That was the whole thing is just it was so easy going. And then yeah. we started growing into this where we started to get into important conversations. Yeah. And I think like one of our biggest spaces where at 
certain points during that night, we had more than a thousand people concurrently listening. Yeah. Was where Marcus Lemonis, who owns like a bunch of stuff, Camping World and a bunch of these like corporations. He's on that. The, the Profit. The profit. Uh, yeah, The Profit. Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, But yeah. he sponsors a lot of stuff in NASCAR. And yeah. there was this like controversy because like he had called. Yeah, he came to argue with me. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Really? He yeah. called his driver out and Alanis tweeted something at him and he couldn't help himself. So he came on to racing spaces and we spent an hour talking there. Whoa. Really? And then like a bunch of racing drivers show up. Did see- he have a point? I mean, like I I can like see where he's coming from, but I've, I can also see where I'm coming from. You were like you scrunchy know? cut, scrunchy cut. Yeah, scrunchy yeah. pants, scrunchy <laughs> pants yeah, What all was the, the argument way. about? Uh, it was, uh, didn't he say like something about Sheldon Creed and like, it was his offer wasn't enough or something, and yeah, he was, was like, be happy with what you got. It was yeah. something like that. I don't really remember, yeah, but was... we were kind of talking about, like, the cheapening of NASCAR sponsorships because of, like, lower prices for NASCAR mm-hmm. sponsorships. And I can't remember – I can't remember any it of it. a value proposition. It was a value proposition yeah. kind of thing, yeah. and so we just kind of, like, debated it and went back and forth, and it was fun. We – had a lot of people there. Yeah, like a bunch of CEOs showed up. Yeah, a bunch of CEOs just <laughs> showed Racing up. drivers, like yeah. all these people just to like listen. Nice. <laughs> and it's just like Alanis and, you know, Lemona's going back and forth and me playing referee. <laughs> yeah. And, like trying to, you know, and but the conversation was respectful. It was interesting. And like he, he left on pleasant terms. It was like, uh-huh. it was oh, yeah. interesting. Like, but yeah. Yeah. he didn't speak to anybody like in the regular like NASCAR media. Or really anybody, how interesting. Uh, just any of this. He just came to talk to us and then a bunch of like reporters that like I wonder reporters. if it's because it's, uh, it's not permanent. Well, that that's the thing it. is that people the, will report on yeah, racing yeah. spaces. People will come and listen, and just so they can get quotes, because <laughs> people <laughs> like people like Lemonis or even racing drivers won't talk about an incident with like yes. the regular beat media, but they'll come talk to us. <laughs> And then reporters will log in to listen so they can quote it. So you can like, you know. Oh, you, interesting. Yeah, and they'll yeah, write yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was the thing. Like, you know, it's it's like there's all this stuff that kind of transpired from it. Because it was so easygoing, all these people felt a little more at ease to have discussions. Because it's it's more like a discussion like we would have with them if we saw them at the track. Yeah. Yes. Or like not on the record specifically or whatever. We're just having yes. a leisurely conversation. Yeah. Yes. And so people felt free to do that, even though they, they knew that it was on a public forum so they could be quoted. Yes. But they would have discussions. And that was like, part of it too was just like all, all these little things that would pop up, like the Lamotis conversation, which got mm-hmm. reported on, or even just stuff like NASCAR, this new car, like Denny Hamlin started coming on mm-hmm. and he had concerns. That's our buddy. Yeah. But he... He didn't really necessarily share them with the regular media, but he would come on and we would talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then people would report on it, and then NASCAR, like the competition, people would be like, "Well, maybe we should look at this." Yeah, <laughs> like well, that's know, cool. Yeah, so there's like yeah, that's all, excellent. All what's, these, yeah. what's really funny is that if you Google Racing Spaces Denny Hamlin, <laughs> there will be news stories yeah. from Racing oh, cool. Spaces. Nice, and it's really entertaining. Nice to be official media. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. you yeah. know, and we're just screwing around. Yeah, yeah. well, and, it's I mean. <laughs> Look, man, our first 10 shows, I'm like taking fucking bong hits into the mic. Hey. You know, and now it's like, first now we 10. have the. This <laughs> <laughs> was 10 years of shows. First 10 years. Yeah. Now but, we have a real studio. But, yeah. but, hey, it's the, nice. And then the whole thing was like, Twitter had this program called the Spark Program. Yeah, we did and that. They, yeah, and they're like, hey, like, they just sent this out to these spaces, you know, like, thing. Like, if you want to apply for this, we're going to fund you. Mm-hmm. So we're like. Oh, they give you money? Yeah. Oh, for really? a few months, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so we're like. Let's apply for this. Yeah, and we both got it. And we got both got approved. So they funded us, gave us some ad money, and nice like straight payouts and stuff. Oh, can so. you 
can you uh yeah you're allowed to sell ads right your own can you do your own mm-hmm. ads like your own mm-hmm. ad reads you do whatever you want oh, yeah. they told us we could do whatever we wanted with the ad money so i yeah. advertised the book yeah no i'm saying like oh, we could, could you, do can you sell reads? your we own could, ads? Yeah. yeah we could they yeah. didn't have anything that preventing that no yeah. they gave us ad money to run on their platform oh, oh to cool. advertise but it was kind of tough too because this is a live format type of deal yeah. mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard because it takes like two to three days for twitter ads to ramp up right, and, like, right, we never right. really yep. found like a direct use for it so yeah we don't do ads on the live shows yeah. here That's, so it doesn't yeah, Plus, you, now yeah. we charge for them. Hey, can you, you do that? Yeah. Can you guys paywall it? We There's could if tickets. we wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have you get th- tickets. Yeah, mm-hmm. they gave us. They gave us. They well, once we got into the program, I think like a few weeks later, they gave us the option to enable ticketed spaces. Yeah, yeah. and you sell tickets like, and people can I buy a ticket. I should know this. But <laughs> Anna's gonna be fucking furious. That I don't know this. <laughs> you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 in the audio business, and your wife works. She works. Yeah, she literally. I listened to her on so yeah. many calls about this. Shit. You're like literally at the middle of the crossroads. Yeah. I know. I know. You know, yeah. but yeah, we haven't done a ticketed space yet. We were thinking about doing one like a charity ticketed yeah. space at some point, but we just log on every Tuesday and do our Patreon thing. Patreon works better. Yeah. Patreon, they yeah. pay every month. Yeah, it's That's not. Fair. It's like a regular income kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. See, you know. We just kind of screw around, yeah. honestly. See, this is this. Yeah, but why give away what you could sell? No, that's that true. Makes sense, and you're, you're fair. You're not con- that you should take. Not you shouldn't paywall it, but yeah. like, there's people that just want to give you money for entertaining fair. them. Oh yeah, we have. You should find a way to take it. That's fair. Yeah, we have, we have, I think some of those. We have some super fans that are like, they're like, they know we're gonna start at eight thirty, and they're like, you know, at six thirty-seven p.m. They're like, it's racing spaces day. Let's go. Yes, yeah. like and they it's get cool. so like, excited. Yeah, it's, it's cool to have people that are that's that right. hyped yeah, about having these conversations. Cool. Like it's 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 wild. That, like, yeah, we're at that point where you know, me and her are just you know, just fucking around, just having yeah. discussions about racing stuff, and people are like, we want to like listen to it. Yeah, and I think part of it too is that you feel like you're in the room for the people yes. that yeah. are there. And occasionally we'll bring people up from the audience to ask questions, to have a chat or stuff like uh-huh. that. So we've done that too, where they can actually be part of the conversation, yeah. which you know makes. I haven't uh, really been following the new car. How's it working out? The, Ooh, the new NASCAR good question car. Question for There's been a lot, so mm-hmm. I've followed it closely. So I before the car, like most of the stuff about it was officially announced. I started talking to people. I remember you yeah. just, you were posting schematics yeah. of shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. So I was getting stuff like leaked to me and stuff yeah. like that, and that's when NASCAR actually first reached out to me. So this is like late 2019, early 2020. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, you wanna come do this for us? And I was like, listen, I was like, I have all this information. I know we're not gonna be able to publish on official <laughs> platforms. Like, I'm just telling, cause like you have NASCAR digital versus NASCAR competition, it's just completely mm-hmm. separate departments. So, and I'm like, I'm just gonna keep selling this to Road and Track and to Jalopnik and mm-hmm. Haggerty, <laughs> like until the car's official and then yeah, we can yeah. talk. So, but I had a lot of advanced information and because they used a lot of parts that end up over on the sports car side, which I have extensive experience with. Now, mm-hmm. I could recognize things too, where I could look at pictures, and one one of the people that I actually work with now, uh, his name is Alejandro, he was the NASCAR photographer that was assigned to these like <laughs> pre-production tests. Mm-hmm. So he would post these like, well, he wouldn't post the high definition photos, but he would post a photo that's, you know, done a certain way, but I figured out like the file names, how I could change it to find the high definition version. <laughs> like. <laughs> on their pages. So what I ended up doing is downloading high definition versions from these NASCAR tests where the car was, you know, prototype and yeah. stuff. And then I would be able to pick out parts and pieces that I recognized because from I From the sports car. Mm-hmm. Because I had worked on similar parts and I was able to build out everything like that was gonna come with the car. Yeah, so cool. I was able 
predict some things like two years before they were ever officially announced. Whoa. <laughs> Which that that gave me a lot of clout. Yeah, like the, the, the single lug yeah, nut yeah. and the gearbox mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. shit mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that gave me like, you know, clout in the industry because people that were working on it that had advanced information, like this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Which led to having more connections and like you know being more involved to get more sources for stuff but uh, it eventually led to a point where i was also offered gigs to work on these <laughs> <laughs> yes that's pretty cool yeah. that's cool so people are like hey like i just get texts like hey come to this restaurant we have some people that want to meet you i just people are just like hey <laughs> like we're doing this we're trying to get some sports car guys for a different perspective mm-hmm. you look like you have the right perspective <laughs> cool <laughs> you know you want to those turn into real gigs uh, no, so I've actually this is Bozy turns everybody down. Bozy's too cool. Well, this was actually a recent, cool. recent conversation I had, and uh, I think I had a Twitter thread like a week or two ago because the uh, NASCAR, like inside the shops, there's a bit of a crisis now for people mm-hmm. because with this new car coming and a lot of spec parts, a lot of fabricators left the industry, some were laid off, a lot of engineers left because they thought that they wouldn't have a job because they wouldn't design these parts from scratch mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And what happened is. That seems awfully short-sighted, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's, you know, like NASCAR predicted this to, like, save team owners money, and then teams estimated where they would be. Right. And then some people were like, well, I think I might get eliminated, so I'm going to go look for another job. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that with a lot of what people that were working in NASCAR from, like, the engineering perspective are very smart people. So Mm -hmm. most of the, like, design engineers that left these cup teams went to work for like SpaceX and Boeing, <laughs> like, oh, really? like all these other companies. Yeah. Like like SpaceX would go, you know, recruit people from like Mooresville, North Carolina. Oh, interesting. Because all this aero stuff they were designing was so advanced. Right. And a lot of these engineers also would take on some of the fabricators they had working for them, building and you know, these parts that they designed, they took them to work on aerospace stuff too. Or some of these people just went to work in regular nine to five job of mm-hmm. doing whatever HVAC designs or whatever fabricator, you know, who knows, like just yeah. Whatever, but then to now we have these cars being built, and there's some part shortages and stuff like that. So they need people to kind of turn around parts very quickly. And some of the shops are short on people, so now it's become intense. And short on parts. And short on parts too. And then in the meantime, now you know, ten years ago it was hard to get into NASCAR. And right now, like I know I could call tomorrow and probably get a job on on a. Fairly high level cup team. Like, should I, I go get a job, Bozzy? Sure, I'm fully down for you to should, get. Should like people try to try to get jobs? I mean, like, is if, this the kind of thing where like, if you're a wrench or an engineer and yeah. you've always wanted to go racing, like now so, is the fucking time. <laughs> now's so, the so time. it kind of know. is, but I'll tell you my perspective. So I had a bit tweeted a thread about this. I don't know, maybe a week ago. But basically, my perspective is that in order to go work in, on a cup team right now. I would need significantly higher pay yes. and a slightly better schedule because yes. the road crew mechanics work 39 weeks a year, yes. basically, maybe 40 now, between all the races plus the preseason stuff, and they're working in the shop every week. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. you have no personal time. Right. And when I was looking at some of these cup salaries and talking to some people, uh, there were road crew mechanics on cup teams that made maybe a third you know, more than what I make on a sports car team. And I do you like, have a lot less travel. I do 70 days a year. Yeah. Because I'm a contracted mm-hmm. fly-in mechanic and pit crew member. And, you know, that's the that's you know beneficial for me because I'm on a team that appreciates me and you know mm-hmm. and pays me, you know, what I feel like I deserve. So I'm in I'm in a good spot there because my compensation is good, the benefits are good, and mm-hmm. like the team, you know, recognizes that. But 
on the NASCAR side, I think that salaries are still lagging compared to like what I feel people should deserve for that, you know, that amount of work. Yeah, so, I mean, living on the road 40 weeks a year, is a, that's a fucking, yeah. that's a slog. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, I, and you know, it's, and you know, they get days off here and there, but like crew chiefs now are having to like do schedules where they rotate people in and out just to prevent burnout. But mm -hmm. you can see like, you know, working 70 days here where you do 12, 13 race weekends plus some test days for X amount, or you can make 30% more, but you're working 300 days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the math doesn't math there, sure. you know? And that's, I mean, that's, you know, partially, maybe I'm spoiled because I get to work with such a team over here on the IMSA side where, you know, they treat me that well. But my thought is that, you know, that everybody should get compensated fairly. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, somebody that works on a race team as a road mechanic that works in the shop, travels 30, 40, 38, 40 weeks a year, should get compensated more than a diesel mechanic that works mm -hmm. eight to five and gets overtime if he stays past five. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that's lagging in the industry and something that I've been trying to like publicize to kind of just bring that up and you know Elbows. get those wages higher. Yeah, it seems like they spend a lot of fucking money to go racing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like those guys have a pretty important job. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those situations where like, I mean, this may be completely wrong, but when you have industries that people want to work in, there are there's a large subset of people who will take less money sure. and work a lot harder because they're chasing a dream. And the thing is, Television. is that yeah. Yeah. they would think you want to be they think you accurately. They think you want to be famous more than yes. you want to be rich. And the thing is, is that why I don't do TV. <laughs> and the thing is, is that you have to realize that no matter what your job is, at the end of the day, it's a job. Yeah. It's a job. Dream job is a term, but it's a job. And you need to accept what you're worth and work the amount of hours you're worth. Yeah. You don't need to just like spend your entire life doing something because it's your dream. Because at the end of the day, it's how you make money. And when you have industries that people want to be in, that's what happens. You have well, lower pay. It probably seems and more pretty hours. glamorous on the outside. Exactly. You know, you're fucking exactly. right, right there in the thing. You know? I mean, my husband is one of the most talented sports videographers I've ever seen. My husband doesn't work in sports videography because my husband knows that everybody wants to work in that. So why would he do that yeah. when he could not work weekends and get paid a lot more somewhere else? He's one of the yeah. most talented sports videographers I know. Yeah. He doesn't do it. He does it freelance when he feels like it. Well, that's, I mean, that's nice. Exactly. Get, get, glad he gets to do it a little bit. Exactly. But it's like, there's a reason he didn't do it full time, and it's because it's a dream job. There's a reason I park cars. Yeah. Yeah. There's the same, same deal for me. I mean, this racing stuff and writing and everything, uh, you know, is fun, but I also still do work in the trucking industry because I know that's stable, and I know that that's something that's going to be there and something mm -hmm. that I know and people that I know are going to use. So there's, you know, I think there's room for everything, and there's room for people to work full-time in racing mm -hmm. but for me personally I look at certain things and I decide it from a financial perspective yeah. I'm, I'm passionate about these things and I'll put this amount of time in it yep. but I'm not gonna let that take away from my personal time and I think a lot of people do that whether it's racing or whether even it's if it's media I well mean, there might see, be folks also who want media who want too. that yeah. the, the road lifestyle I mean it's it's a slog, yeah. but like, yeah. you know, if you're like 24 and yeah. fucking single and yeah. don't I'm have, 26 don't, and don't I'm old as can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that, that that might be, at least in the short term, sure. seem, is, seem like a glamorous yeah. Yeah. life. And, and NASCAR, I think part of it is that, you know, most of the teams have their own jets <clears> or, yeah. you know, have contracts oh, really? with one of the charter companies. So this, this is actually another financial thing. It's not like 
a luxury thing. So they just have like ERJs or CRJs yeah. that are owned. Uh, they're actually companies that are owned by some of the team owners, and they yeah. found it more cost effective. <laughs> uh, more cost effective. Uh, uh, wash the money. Uh. More cost effective. Yeah. yeah. More cost effective to put all these people on a CRJ yeah, versus yeah. buying them buying individual plane, plane tickets. Because yeah, that's sure. travels a very expensive thing. Sure. And because they control the CRJs, they save hotel rooms. So now when they have these shorter shows, oh yeah, close oh. races, they can fly out six seven in the morning. You know, Sunday uh-huh. morning. And Oof. get to the track, get set up, do all their stuff from 10 to 2 or 3, have the race at 3, it ends at 6, break down by 8, back on the plane at 9, and you're back home before midnight. Yeah. So they don't have to pay for two two nights of hotel rooms, where in the past, you know, if you're flying in, you have to fly yeah. on a Saturday. Well, I mean, if you can put 70 or 100 people on a plane, yeah. it's actually, that is cost effective. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. there's very few yeah. situations yeah. where a private plane yeah. is cost effective. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if, you got, if you can actually get, like, yeah. over 50 people on no, the plane. They, they, I mean, yeah. I don't know what CRJs or ERJs will have, they fit, but they felt that because there'll be multiple teams that'll share space uh-huh. on a plane and we'll they, you know, have these contracts and stuff and it's it's very cost. Of course cost the of, team owners own the fucking planes. It's 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 very, very, very cost. Yeah, yeah, there's very, like all these things, mm-hmm. but like I said, <laughs> that's, from the outside may seem luxurious to some people because you get to like drive over to this private airport, fly, you know. Yeah. But it's it's that really, wears off in yeah, like two yeah. flights. But it's really really yeah. more of just it's cost effective and it's time effective for them. And I mean that you know works in multiple ways because they have this, they're able to give that maybe extra day off to some people to try yeah. to offer that benefit. But as I've been saying, is like just compensate people. That's yeah. all you yeah, gotta do. Pay people. Like it's good to like what you're doing, and I'm passionate about it. And a lot of people get mad. Like they get like pissed off. Like when I tweet about some of this stuff or, oh, or yes. share it like on any of these platforms. Oh yes. Why? Like race fans, certain race fans are like, you if guys you don't are like, right. yeah. if yeah. you don't like it, then go do something else. There are so many people yeah. who would love to do your job. It's like. That doesn't mean you should yeah. get paid yeah. five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I'm like extremely no, exaggerating. But, uh, but that's but that's a dumb you should, fucking rationale. You shouldn't yeah. accept poverty wages yeah. to do what you yeah. want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, people like people are like, I would do that for free because you get to be at the that's track. Stupid. I was like, it's still work. Like, that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, that's dumb as fuck. You should be yes. like, and that, that's, that's my like my, my rationale is always like, we shouldn't try to like pit each and other. Why aren't they signing up for that? By the way. Yeah, exactly. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah, go volunteer. Yeah, go volunteer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like that's my uh, my thing is like no, all these stupid. people are like you should come work at you know my plumbing company you'll see what hard work is like I'm like dude like I know what hard work is like first of all like it's like you chose to be a fucking plumber bro <laughs> if you don't like fucking yeah. being a plumber yeah, like, I've changed, go, yeah, go do uh, your free work for else. a NASCAR yeah. team yeah, yeah like I've done all this stuff and like I understand but I was like we shouldn't pit each other like we shouldn't pit each other against each other because there's these people that hold money. And there's people that spend money, and there's certain portions that they give to yep. wages, and certain portions that go to other places. Yeah. And all you're saying here is that you're supporting this person that's controlling whatever yeah. the money is, wherever it's mm-hmm. coming from, even though this person is never going to talk to you. Yeah. Instead of all these other people that are like you, that you have an opportunity to be friends or colleagues with, that you're like, no, no, fuck all of you guys. This yeah. is like, I'm going to go stand mm-hmm. up for this guy. Corporate boot looking is a real fucking problem. And we see it in... in all aspects yeah. of the industry, not just fucking. Well, and also just like just the general population, like people yeah. vote against their own interests because they're yeah. just like support that person. Like that yeah. person doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. that person doesn't well, care. I think I think this, the the thing, the reason this is very annoying is because when people say I would do your job for free because they don't like their job, they are assuming that we don't like what we're doing and that we like enjoy cars or racing less than them. Yes, which is strange. exactly. Like we went into it because we like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, when you're work, you can easily work. 
I don't know, in production, 18 hours a day, no yes. problem. Yeah. And you can travel before and after. Like, it can be physically yes. brutal. Yeah. Yes. And after the first trip, of, which is really exciting, like, you'll get tired. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, it is a job, and it is demanding. Like, I'm sure plumbing is demanding and probably a little bit <clears throat> dirtier, but, like, carrying camera equipment or whatever it is or mm-hmm. walking around for 18 hours, like, it yeah. is physically demanding. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's just, like, I think people don't understand... They have this idea of what a job is, and like people think my life is just like awesome. I'm just having fun all the time. Like, no, I work a job. Yeah. I go to work, and it's hard. And I have had jobs where like you cry twice a week because it's so stressful. That's you know, me now. like exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I got a little cry. This yeah, morning. right. Just have a little cry. <laughs> um, but like people don't get that. They think you're just having fun, and I, like, I, you know, any any job where the visible front of it appears glamorous exactly whether you're fucking exactly. hitting the lug nut on a nascar i'm gonna or, do that next month i mean or you know reviewing a mclaren or something you or know. a lamborghini that yeah. you can't and see i don't i don't of. like i don't want anyone to feel bad for me i enjoy my job but yeah, like yeah. if i made videos of what my actual work day yep. was you would not think it was that glamorous nope. like selling ads and doing emails yep. and just sitting at a yeah. fucking desk for eight hours yep. or whatever it's not it's not that glamorous you see this much of it you exactly know? That's you, a, i imagine it's the same thing for yeah that's I, yes. I've, st- I've started to try to share some of that yeah. like from mm-hmm. race days and stuff so people see what and people actually like it like that yeah. content does well just so people can see a perspective of it and that's that's a great point like the perception of anybody that looks at my social media today is that i got up had some breakfast, got, got on a, a plane, Lamborghini. yeah, landed in LA, <laughs> had some great food, sat in the back of a you know a, a Taycan, and then got picked up in a you know Hurricane STO, and now we're here. Like <laughs> that is your day. That was your, that, that was, was my day. day. That was your day. That was That's what I'm saying. And then now you know we came here, got to check out all these cool cars you have here, you know, back behind the window, and now you know we get to see friends and have yeah. a good time, and like that's what today is. Yeah, yeah. But, but like that's not like every day. Yesterday I did, you know, invoicing for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You know, yeah. I was we did, you know, whatever, you know, did, we did racing did, spaces yeah. for five did, hours, now like yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's it's like all this stuff that people don't see. So like when I have race weekends, I try to do threads at big races from like when I wake up until the race is over. Mm-hmm. And for like the Rolex twenty four, I'm usually awake for about forty hours. Yeah. So there's wow. a forty hour long Twitter oh, yeah. thread that I do with everything that happens throughout the day from, you know, what kind of food I have to like, like you know, media stuff that I might do to all the mechanic stuff we do before the race starts. And I also try to share stuff from my like fitness yeah, you're tracker up for too. like 10 hours before the race starts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. So, I hate that race. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always so cold and wet. It so, was so Florida. cold. So, this is bullshit. So, cold. So, so this year it was freezing. Yes, it so was. There's a, if you go on my Instagram, there's a video clip from NBC of me sleeping at like 4 a.m. <laughs> yes. It was 31 degrees or oh. something like that. So like, nope. Like the adrenaline keeps you going while you're doing a pit stop, but then like oh we're gonna find it yeah, we're gonna find it uh, yeah, you, you, if you go back you'll find it down there. But like once the pit Ooh, stop is exciting. over, yeah, keep going down. You'll see it. It'll look like there it is. The TV clip right beside <laughs> me and Alanis actually so, in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So 
So like, and this is this was like three or four a.m. But like, we completed. So this is maybe four minutes after I just finished oh, running. Good focus pull, yeah. NBC guy. Yeah, yeah. Like after Amazing. I just finished running and doing a pit stop. So like, this is like. But once that adrenaline wears off, yeah. you're just like out. And then, uh, luckily, you have people on the team that pay attention to stuff to like wake us up on time because we do so many pit stops during yeah. the race. Yeah. But like, I try to share all this stuff. And from my fitness track, I think this year before the green flag ever flew, I had already burned 4,500 calories. Yeah, and I had wow. eaten three times like before the race ever started. Yeah, and then oh, I eat like every three or four hours because we're just moving around and doing all this stuff. And I think even for this most recent race, the Sebring 12 hour, it's only a 12 hour race, but I know that because I remember posting recently, I burned 7,100 calories for like the 16 oh. hours that I was awake, you know, surrounding that race. But I share all the stuff and even the packing up stuff, which people may not see, like they see the 14 seconds of me running around the car, put the tire on, boom, boom, burn out, go awesome yeah. but then like after race is done we have to break everything down we have to pack the trailers well if, you mentioned that at the nascar race like yeah. you you took a picture yeah, of the 11 that's, crew that's that's what i was doing this weekend yeah. so this weekend i was i was doing some stuff for a story for uh the nascar race and i was there shadowing uh joe gibbs racing and denny hamlin uh the number 11 uh Toyota camry and his pit crew specifically and that's like a big goal of mine with this nascar mm-hmm. contract is i want to highlight the people behind the scenes yeah and so i was there with them and I, I highlighted some of the strategy stuff they were doing and some of these other things to show what was going on. And then after the race finished and they won, I was like, this is their moment. Like they're celebrating now on the wall. And then I was like, we're going to Victory Lane. They spend, you know, two minutes in Victory Lane, <laughs> take a couple of pictures, swap some hats, and right back from Victory Lane, they have to go break down the yeah, equipment. Yeah. And I was like, this is what they're doing right now. That's like, yeah. I like watching the guys like, by the time when you when a concert ends, yeah. like by the time I'm at my car, like the fucking whole lighting rig yes. is disassembled. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Yes. I like sticking around a little bit for that kind of yes. shit. That's if you, if, especially if you go to an NASCAR race. I mean, even at our races, uh, like we're having here, you know, Long Beach this weekend. Uh, if if you start to see us, like within the last 30 minutes, you'll see some of our guys. Like we have a crew that just does the pit setup, and you'll see them start breaking down certain things yeah. that there's no reason for us to use and start and and then. Like as soon as the, the checkered flies, you'll just see big pieces just yeah. <laughs> like just getting unbolted and put on a yeah, car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like we're kind of, you know, set up for that. We have a lot of like modular pieces for that. But the NASCAR guys actually have a company that does all their pit boxes. And all the pit boxes are set up to like pack away in a similar way. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're set up to be very, very modular. So they yes. can from when the checkered flag flies to when one of those boxes is loaded in the trailer can be as little as like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. And just like, mm-hmm. yeah. and this was a box that had like. Hannah was obsessed yeah. with that. We went to NASCAR at the Coliseum, yeah. the fucking uh-huh. tiny race. Yeah, yeah. It was Hannah awesome. was like looking at all the like yeah. the ways that they package yeah. shit. Yeah. And she was like examining like, they must have thought she was some kind of fucking spy. She was examining like every team's toolbox. Yeah. I'm like, why does that one look different? See, one? I was see like, she, she would love to go to Champion. So Champion is a company that a lot of people don't know about, but what they do is they transport all the pit boxes for most of the big teams. Oh, so cool. like the pit boxes don't go on the team trailers. Like they get brought out a few days before by yeah, Champion. Yeah, they don't. They won't fit in the truck. No, no. So yeah, they yeah. get brought out by Champion in these special trailers. They get taken out to pit road and parked in their spot. And then oh. when the pit crews come, they'll build them up. And then after the race, they'll break it down. Just leave them there. And Champion oh, will send neat. their crews. Champion also does all the like the, the wheel and tire mounting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay, yeah. So they got the big fucking yeah. tent set yeah, up. Yeah, with yeah. The, and, with they, the and they, and they have yeah. machines 
mountains over in Cornelius near Punnersville, North Carolina that deal with all this stuff, mounting, dismounting, cleaning, scanning, and all this other stuff. It's like a fascinating operation to see all this stuff that happens behind the scenes and all this customized equipment and sensors that were built to do all this stuff. Yeah. And like, I feel like she would probably enjoy like that yeah, part definitely. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the third floor at SEMA. Mm-hmm. Like the upstairs, yeah. the fucking semi-truck alignment rack they fucking yeah. inexplicably yeah. have up there. No, it's fun. It's <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, it is. It's yeah. really neat. And but, she's really into that kind of shit. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, a nice thing about the Coliseum race is that a lot of people were like, is this really necessary? A lot of diehard fans are like, why are you going to L.A.? The most but, interesting thing about the Coliseum race, and Zach and I were there. Yeah. Um, to me, the most... I don't think it translated very well to TV. Yeah. And I they, enjoyed it so much. Well... It doesn't mean it wasn't enjoyable if you okay. were a fan. Okay. But I, from the criticisms that I heard from people who just watched it on TV. Oh, yeah. There were, were like, And I, you could see it because they had the, the camera feed in the stadium, yeah. too. What was really interesting, being able to see the whole track without even moving your fucking head. Because yes. we, we were at one of the narrow ends. Yeah. And so you could see... Lap after lap, cars uh-huh. would gain a foot. Yep. Or, you know, and slowly inch up and, and take over. And when they're cutting back and forth between the cameras, you just don't, you can't, yeah. it doesn't work. You don't see that. So, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that was my thing is like, it was fucking fun. Though. Yeah. yeah. It was yes, a good time. That's, that's the point here race. is that a lot of diehards were like, why are they doing this? Because like, cool. you went, you went cool. and had fun and you're not, you're, you're not, a, you know, watch all 36 no. races NASCAR person. You're like, maybe I'll catch one at a yeah, bar yeah. somewhere occasionally. No, no, it was no. neat. And yeah. it was like and that's, that's the, like the it good was part very about accessible. It. Like it's five miles from yeah. my house. Yeah. It was super yeah. accessible, yeah. Um, and there was a bunch of shit you know going on outside the track also, and um, the, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the 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 ha- halftime <laughs> was oh, hilarious. My that was so. I mean, funny. I understand why they did it because yeah. you literally yeah. can't cross the fucking track yeah. during the race. Yeah. They don't. It's, there's no tunnels. So yeah, and and just the fact that they. That they managed to build a track that didn't like come apart, sure. yeah. You know, yeah. like they actually—that was really neat. Yeah. And yeah. then they ripped it up immediately. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think I feel like it goes back to—I mean, obviously, I shit post all the time. Like I'm never being serious, but it goes back to just making NASCAR appeal to people who like lifestyle stuff. Well, and I things think they said like 40 percent of the people in attendance had never been to a so NASCAR that's the thing. race. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. One of the points I made recently was that more NASCAR drivers should do hot girl shit. Fair. Yep. Which is that what, was funny, actually. Which, Your no. PowerPoint presentation on that was actually very funny. Thank you so much. So, yeah. The Clash. The F1 drivers really understand that. Thank yeah. you. The Do you Clash, think that's because they have social media managers? Yes. It is, right? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Like, Pierre Gasly isn't like, take a picture of me sitting up in bed with my chest yeah. out. Like, but, the, but they're also like, <laughs> a lot of those guys are European. Yes. And they're not like... You know, some of these down old fucking boys are trying to look real tough. Oh, so, here goes Bozy, here so goes So I, I, have, I have a big point about that. And it goes here back go. actually to our Duck Dynasty conversation from <laughs> Duck earlier. Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Woo. So uh, I think I, I know I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of NASCAR drivers personally off screen, you know, off the record and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And I've seen a lot of NASCAR drivers in the activities they like to do in their leisure time. Yeah. And. Uh, in, in many instances, a lot of that is played up for the audience of, mm-hmm. you know, good old boy doing this and this. Uh-huh. And then 
But I would, I'm not shocked at all. Yeah, but, but they're getting fucking pedicures in yeah, real yeah, life. But like, but like, yeah, like off off camera, you know, they're like, well, let's you know, let's go skiing over there and have this and do that, and do that, which is fine. Like that's yeah. fun. But you should like, what she says, you should embrace Post, all yep. your activities embrace and share it. them. Embrace and, it. And part of I think part of the issue is that a lot of the PR and media people that deal with NASCAR bounce around between teams. Yeah. They don't, so don't know about hot girl shit. So you don't get a lot of infusion. <laughs> they of, don't know. You don't get a lot of infusion of stuff like that, like what yeah. she mentions. And I totally agree with it. Like I'm it's it's not my expertise, you know, for a lot of that stuff, but I understand, you know, I'm technical type of person, but I also understand that I, I can infuse certain things into my personal brand yeah. to make myself look appealing just visually. And mm -hmm. I think that you know, even if I understand this, where I'm just this guy that swings tires around, <laughs> like there's, you know, mm -hmm. all these other companies should understand it, but I, don't, I think a lot of them are just not willing to take the risk. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not surprised that they would not. Yeah. It's probably more of a headache for them to offend their core audience by Fair. doing something that's not perceived as being appropriately good old boy. That was a whole thing in the clash. And, yeah. and yeah. then it yeah. is trying to, to yeah. get reach some new... So at the clash, yeah. Denny Hamlin wore this like designer jacket, uh -huh. and all of NASCAR Twitter blew up about it for a whole day because he dared to not wear like a sponsor polo, uh -huh. yeah. and it was like, no, this is hot girl shit. Yeah. Like this is this is what the hot girls do. This is what you have to do. Yeah. Like people talk about it. Lewis people Hamilton wears like runway shit. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton yeah, yeah. treats the track like a runway. Yeah. And that gives people Successfully. something to aspire to, yeah. something to be yeah. interested in, something to talk about. Yeah. No one's talking about you in your sponsor polos. No one cares. Like no one cares that you have like a sponsor right here yeah. and you have a collared shirt on. Like I've seen that a million times. You know who does? How the team owner. <laughs> the yeah. team, team owner is the only one who fucking cares. How about you act cute? Yeah, that's, that's a good it. point. And part of part of it's just apparel rules, and you are right yes. where it comes from, you know, team owner stuff. But also the fans, I'm like, why are you so angry? And it wasn't like that. Denny wore anything that was like way out no, there. Like this, this was a, a this was a yeah. Look, look up, it. look up PSG Jordan, a PSG just, Jordan yeah, to, jacket. Or you can yeah. just go to his Instagram. Yeah, it'll, it's it'll, on his it, Instagram. Yeah, it'll be on his Instagram too. But yeah, just go was, to his Instagram. Yeah, go, go to De easier. Denny Hamlin's Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 not even like this like like. Huge like it. runway type deal. It's just no, a, it's a like Jordan. A nice yeah, yeah it's like a special edition Jordan brand jacket. Okay, and, let's find it. Yeah, yeah. and it was just like <laughs> it was just you know Scroll had down. logos over it for you know PSG, which is like this limited edition hoodie Where's and jacket at? they were doing instead of just you know the regular team polo with the team logo yeah, and all yeah. this there, other stuff. Right in there. the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody so, got oh, mad that. about this. Yeah. What a like, dumb thing That's hot girl yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what hot girls yeah. do. But, and everybody yeah. got yeah. mad yeah. about it. Yeah. But, yeah, see, and I think Denny's guy is one of the people that really understands yes. this approach. Jared. He gets it. Jared he does all it. of Denny's stuff. Uh -huh. And, like, if you if you scroll through this, like, all these posts, the way that Jared helps Denny present his image is very modern. And yes. it kind of starts to go towards... I am looking very pensive. Yeah, my but, Los Angeles hotel. Yes, it, it starts to kind of go towards that F one type. You know, the, the guys yes. that F one yeah, type yeah. guys what you do. Need to do. But if you look at many of these other drivers, it's all kind of the same format. It's very yes. serious and all this other stuff. Versus, you know, kind of let's get a little feeling yeah, into yeah. this so you kind of feel what's going I get on. That. Exactly. It's, 
it's uh, it's unfortunate. But, or like right here, Denny did a thing with Post Malone. So if yeah. you click on that picture with the yellow suit, that's from a Post Malone music video. And then he just like, I'm going to do this for Halloween now. Yes. So it's just like fake tattoos and like. Oh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. just like random stuff, you know. But it's. I mean, it's not because it's, it's the drivers being people. Yeah. The drivers yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. But the big problem with F1 and most Very other professional, people. Most professional <laughs> racing is need. that they've been so coached to not be human beings. Yeah. Yes. To just say the, whatever the line is and, yes. and that's the sponsor one. And it's safe. And like there's a big difference between Drive to Survive when they do the interview portions and then like one on one with the camera and when they interview them after the race and yes. they ask the questions. Exactly. Like, and you're, it sounds like you're saying the same thing. Racing yeah. spaces for some reason. Correct. And I've always assumed that the answers they give to, you know, at those media presentations, like that's the only answer they're allowed to give. Yes. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like it's just the talking points. Yes. For that moment, but mm-hmm. they can actually say what they want, you know, within yeah. reason. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, is that anytime someone comes on racing spaces, my entire goal is to throw them off. Because sometimes people come on racing spaces and they're just like, they're saying a line. And I'm like, all right, um, how do you feel about men with eyeliner? And they're like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, let's talk about it. How do you how do you feel about eyeliner? Have you ever worn it? Like, what's going on? Well, the team did a really good job with my eyeliner last week. <laughs> yeah. really but that's, that goes back to that point is that, you know, of these, like, images of people versus yeah. what they might actually feel if they open up. And yeah. Alanis can usually punch through that round. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's so nice to No, me. no, but that's what I'm saying about going back to, like, our different strengths. If, like, where we're on, you know, racing spaces, just as an mm-hmm. example, is that we can have people come on yeah. and they might be coming on with specific lines in mind of, like, hey, I can promote whatever or I uh-huh. can talk about whatever. And... But they might actually, in the back of their mind, have something very technical about the next-gen car that's bothering yes. them, but they don't feel at ease to talk. And then yes. Alanis will throw something about <laughs> eyeliner or any, any other topic that she has you know, an interest in. Sometimes that's just you know, something funny to throw them off guard. Sometimes it's something that's serious, but not something mm-hmm. they're expecting to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like break out of their bubble, and that eventually leads into bigger conversations that can even you know just transition into having a conversation with me about something I was interested in yep. that I may have known that they had in the back of their mind but didn't feel like opening up about. And that's the thing is getting people to break out of their bubble I think is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And the nature of F1 and NASCAR, NASCAR specifically, is that it has been very guarded from a PR perspective yes. because there, there were so many secrets. And yeah. mm-hmm. they've realized that it'll be their undoing if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Yep. And especially now with this new car, this next-gen car, and a lot of this stuff not being secret because everybody's using the same parts, yep. teams are like, well, let's open some stuff up. And that's mm-hmm. over the past year, like we've both had interactions. Like I've all this stuff I did with the pit crew on the number 11 car, yep. they're like, come over whenever you want record whatever you want. Like, we're not gonna even send a PR person. Like, we'll just let you just chill with the crew guys and whatever they wanna talk about with you, we're cool with it. They're gonna teach me how to do a pit stop. And and that's, that's, you know, like, I spent the time in their pit box on Sunday and before that we had conversations with some of the athletic trainers and we're able to already show uh, a personality to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, there's like little jokes that are starting to build up just from the little things we've shared and the stuff that's, you know, shown up online of these guys because people are starting to learn their faces and their names. And these are nameless, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're just nameless people that were just do this with the tire, do this with the tire because you have a helmet on, nobody knows you. But now that we've shown a little bit of information and a little bit of personality where, you know. I love it. And now it matters. Now people are interested. And then it's gone into other things where now, we'll be able to build all these other things and Alanis, you know, for something that's fun, <laughs> we'll be able to shine a light on all the stuff that goes into being a pit crew member at, the, gonna at, have so much yeah, fun. at the top level of NASCAR where she's gonna spend, you know, a couple of days 
in everything from that pit crew practice, but also all the other components of like the nutrition components, prehab, yep. rehab, the weight training. Like there's so many modules that these you know these people go through every week that mm-hmm. people don't realize. They just nope. see the eight yeah, seconds, yeah. nine seconds at the track. Yeah, yeah. And now because those opportunities are there, not only are they going to see all the elements, but they'll also be able to hear about or see about personalities like yep. you know like the rear tire changer on the number eleven, mm-hmm. Michael Hicks. Uh, he has specific accent, and he's he yep. has a, like a, he's a very social person. And now yep. that he has that opportunity to open up, like we have great conversations. And now, like it's like yesterday, there was a little like meme type of deal because he kind of looks like Daniel <laughs> Ricardo. So people screenshotted him out of a video clip, and they're like, "Is that Daniel Ricardo doing you know pit crew work and stuff like that?" Like you know, little things building up over time yep. will help grow the sport. Yeah, for sure. And that's yep. cool know, as fuck. Yeah, so it's it's you know little little interesting What's the, thing. What is it? What's the scare, the schedule of the show? I am it's, so no for racing spaces. Oh, we do eight thirty Eastern every 8:30 Tuesday. On Tuesday. Tuesdays. Yep, okay. every on Tuesday. Eight thirty yeah. p.m. Eastern. And then next month, me and Bozy are going to go to Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're going to teach me how to change a tire. That rules. And it's going to be amazing. It'll be it's it's only a fifth as hard as it was before, though. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I mean, there are, there see, are challenges with that single lug. It's it's actually harder if you're at Joe Gibbs. It, Why? Because they did a whole new choreography with how the people move around the car Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the single lug. They used to jump over the wall and the rear people would go around the rear and the front people would go around the front. Right Now, with the new pit stop choreography, everyone goes around the front and they jump off early um, and they go around the front of the car to change the sides over here. Then they all run back around the front again. The rear tire changer goes to the front, uh-huh. and the front tire changer goes to this rear because you save a lot of time oh. going this way, and so they just Interesting. even That's it cool. back How out. How many tire changers are there per team? Is there like two, two per car? So typically, under the old choreography before Joe Gibbs Racing changed to new choreography, there's a rear changer and a front changer. So you would go around, change the rears, go around, change the front. Now, the new Joe Gibbs Racing choreography is rear changer goes back here, front changer goes right here, front changer goes around the rear. So and someone the rear does the right rear right. and then the left front. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so the, the rear changer is now rear and then front. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I'll be doing. It's fun. Next month. Awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah, <laughs> It'll that'll be, be really, really cool. fun. Uh, what do you got, the playbook? Uh, there's a side by side they did from the old stop to uh, the yes. new stop. So I'll just, oh. if, if uh, Zach wants to find it, it's like yeah, three days ago up. on their Twitter. Yeah. If you want to pull it up on the Joe Gibbs Racing Twitter so they oh, can see cool. it. It's, but it's very cool. It's, we got uh, a lot of questions from people. Oh, from no, we have questions? We wow. do. <gasps> That's awesome. This let's is so exciting. Zach, let's see if Zach has the, Ooh, let's find the, the, video the pit and crew questions. choreography real quick. The choreography, I've been watching it because I've been studying, and I've also been lifting a lot of weights so I can pull the, the wheel off. Yeah, how much does it weigh? Uh, the wheel is 47? 49. 49 pounds, and then the gun is 12 pounds, uh-huh. and the gun is very front heavy. Yeah. So you have to hold the gun and the wheel. You do the gun, and then you pull oh, the wheel right. off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the torque to, on the gun must be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think the NASCAR guns are uh, there's 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 Hicks right there. Oh, the, yeah. That guy. Did, actually, <laughs> was gonna say that guy does kind of yeah. look, like look like Daniel Ricardo. Ricardo. So that's yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's Michael Hicks and uh, Darrell, Darrell, Darrell Edwards. Edwards. Darrell Edwards. So Darrell that's Edwards is the jack man. So he runs around the car and jacks it up in like three yeah. quarters of a second. Cool. I'm not yeah. strong enough for that. Yeah. Is that uh, not? Functioning it's, yeah, it's all just running slowly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot it's of video okay. clips well, from the racing. Go we'll, find keep, it. We'll, yeah. we'll go through go the questions. Find it, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll right. do questions. What have we here? Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's see. I have not organized not, these. Uh, okay, <laughs> Bud215, uh, thank you for steering me in the direction of IMSA. TCR class is very fun to watch. What do you guys think of that class? 
Oh, Bozy, this is a you. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the TCR class. I'm a fan of the uh, IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, which is where TCR races. So that's like uh, IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge is TCR and GT4. So you get a lot of cars that are very similar to their street counterparts, like small changes. And I actually started out in TCR. I worked on the Honda Civic Type R TCR. My first win in IMSA was with a TCR car. I've also wor worked on the Hyundai Veloster TCR, which both of those were very fun. And those are uh, a very similar... Uh, to kind of old school NASCAR type stuff, if you want to compare like that, because they are most of them are five lug, T all TCR are five lug, and the GT4 I think most or all of them that run here are five lug, mm -hmm. and they're uh, you know very fun, very close to what you see on the street. Uh, you know the, the Civic Type R, the Veloster, all run their yep. street car engines. They're just tuned up a little bit and mm -hmm. you know kind of equalized, and their front wheel drive and TCR, rear wheel drive and GT4. Yep. it's a fun class to watch, and it's not. Uh, a heavy investment to get into multi-class racing because yep. there's only two classes that run in that series. So it's an easy way to get into sports car racing before you kind of step up to the big leagues where we race, you know, in the WeatherTech Championship with a bunch of different classes and cars. So TCR, definitely cool. I was supposed to drive the Type R in like October and yeah. it got canceled, but I have driven the Civic Si TCA car. Is that, that was one fun. level down So TCR? So uh, TCR runs in IMSA. TCA runs oh, an SRO, which uh, is, uh, SRO is the organization that runs World Challenge. Yeah. So you have, uh, basically in SRO, you have TCA, TC, and then TCR, slash TCX, which is modified TCR. So TCA is like basically streetcar with mm -hmm. cage, modified for a little more power and a couple of other suspension and things like that. It's, it's supposed to be very, uh, uh, like, uh, allow teams to not have huge investments mm -hmm. in specialized equipment. So, mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of limits there. And then TC is slightly above that, and then and you TCR can buy is them above that. Key. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. ready to go. Like fifty to sixty grand yeah. is like the TCA like goal. Oh, okay. It actually works pretty in that, cheap. I worked yeah. in that class too, working on. Uh, she got Tom one of them. Subaru BRZ. <laughs> yeah. She got Tom one of those. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, Kellen says, uh, Bozy on a race day. What are the methods, rituals, organizations, schemes, and tools Ooh. that are a must-have for an IMSA mechanic. I'm guessing the team has their own tools. So everything that I use is provided by the team. And nice. that's, I mean, that's all the tools that we use on the race car are planned, have been planned and prepared over years. So everything has a spot where it sits in the box, we all learn where it is, and everything goes back after it gets used. And that not only goes to like hand tools and stuff, that goes to measurement tools or even stuff we use to make notes or stuff that we may have, you know, to do setup information. So all of that is provided by a team. It's organized. Everybody knows where it is. And there's uh, a very, very uh, distinct like order of things, how they happen. Now, as far as like rituals or stuff like that, I, I, I don't like, you know, I don't like to have like, uh, what's the word? Uh, when you're superstitions. superstitions superstitions yeah like yeah. i don't have superstitions but i feel like preparation and repetition of anything will make you better mm -hmm. and i have like i know for specific races what i'm gonna do and at what point in the day i'm gonna do it that i know like for me like my fireproof gear i, I don't want to put it on too early so i'm not melting if it's a hot <laughs> race but i also like to have my fireproof gear on at a certain point before we go to the ceremonies prior to the race that way i'm not rushing to you know do any of that stuff so those specific rituals and it's you know like there's like things like that that you know it's part of working at a specific level where you get to a point where you have things that just click off but 
the thing with a big team is that there are a lot of people involved to make all these things happen. So from our team coordinators, managers, crew chiefs, car chiefs, all this other stuff, there's everybody that has a component. And for me, I know what my stuff is and I show up and I know that if I walk in the trailer and open this specific drawer that these spare parts that I might need for the race are going to be there. I know if I turn around over here and open this other drawer, there'll be fruit so I can have a snack. And like yeah. so even just small <laughs> things like that are part of like something that, you know, working in grassroots stuff you may not expect. But here I know exactly what to expect and I know that if I have my rituals, like our team manager the night before the race will send us out a minute by minute schedule starting an hour before the Oof. green flag. So there's like stuff that as it clicks off by the minute, whether that's relevant to us, you know, to me specifically or to other people on the team, that whole schedule is available there. So yeah. if I need somebody else and I look on the schedule, this person's doing this at this moment, I know where I need to walk to in our trailer or in our pit box. And that extends to other stuff. So like recently I've gotten the opportunity to do some uh, like fan facing stuff, uh, Lexus owner type deals like tech talks and stuff mm -hmm. and like even that like I'm a mechanic but I'm doing some fan facing stuff so our PR manager handles that so I know that like I can keep working what I'm doing on the car and up to the minute that I need to do this other thing and I know that our PM manager is going to come tap me on the shoulder he's going like okay go here and he's going to whisper in my ear these are the people this yeah. is where they came from this is what their interest is talk yeah. and then as soon as <laughs> as soon as the time slot is over I need to go to something else he'll come tapping back on the shoulder say sorry folks gotta go take both over here yeah. and I'll go into a strategy meeting but yeah. that's the thing is the the uh, working at a professional level is all about organization and having you know everybody that knows their specialized tasks to, to know how to do it well and be prepared to do it you know as they're assigned to do it not trying to like you know just run around and do all these random things sure I think that covers part two of his question, yep, too. Yep. That was good. Organization. That was thorough. Yeah. Uh, we've covered Andrew's stuff uh, before, and here we covered... Go listen to the last show with Bozy to answer that one. That's a long a long one, but we've covered it in a previous show. Any surprising an anecdotes? I will give one. Uh, Haas employees referred to Rich Energy as liquid gold and unicorn piss. <laughs> <laughs> Are those complimentary terms the or first not one really? Seems yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that second one. No. Unicorn piss. Yeah. There you go. There's been a lot of unicorn metaphors recently. I watched the WeWork thing. <laughs> yeah. It was oh, like yeah. unicorn stuff all over. Unicorn, unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Unicorn piss. They were very complimentary to Adam Newman and his wife by casting Jared Leto <laughs> and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Not quite oh on the same level. <laughs> uh, Jake wants to know what uh, well, we talked about. Yeah, we talked about car. next gen, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Do you, James Cowley says... Do you have any idea what a tourist vehicle is? Top Gear Netherlands uh, published an article about the facility ace and the car's loss. Uh, one seven one eight GTS four was listed as a tourist vehicle. I don't know why they made this distinction or what it means. Uh, I I don't that I don't know what the fuck that. I know. I mean, a tourist vehicle like could be like if you ship. A car to another yeah. country for a vacation, yeah. and it's on a tour, like a a car visa. Like, is it literally called a carnet? Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know what that. I mean, that's all I could think of is that somebody's fucking car was on there because they were going on vacation in America. Yeah. But I don't know. Mine wasn't a GTS. So. <laughs> uh, Rice Boy X uh, planning on visiting the Nurburgring in July. I have zero track experience. 
thinking of riding passenger for a lap. Will I hate myself if I don't drive it? Uh, I mean, no. First off, the Nurburgring yep. is a public road, and you can drive it in literally any car. At any speed you at want. any fucking speed you want. <laughs> uh, I've seen buses on the Nurburgring. I've seen Harleys that on the me. Nurburgring. I've the seen bus. delivery vans yeah. on the Nurburgring because there's a... There's apparently, you know, there's towns. Mm -hmm. There's multiple towns at the Nurburgring. And the best way to get from one to the other is just on the fucking track. Um, uh, you should definitely do a ring taxi lap if you're, if you're going because yeah. they, they will show you the speed at which it can be driven. Yes. But, like, as long as it's not, um, I mean, you can go to those rent-a-race car places and rent a slow car like a fucking Suzuki Swift or something. Yeah. And just drive it like it's a road. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can you can have fun on the Nurburgring just driving it like it's a road. Well, so it's I a one think... one-way canyon road. I think the most beautiful thing about any track day or looking at any track or experiencing any track is doing it yourself first. Like, you go to a track day and you do the track day yourself. And then at the end, you do a hot lap and you yeah. go, oh, I suck. Yeah. Because well, you can also like have instructors too, like yes. um, Rent for Ring and, mm -hmm. and uh, all those companies like yeah. uh, RSR Nurberg. Like they, you can get a car yep. and an instructor. So yep. do but that. I but yes, then recommend. get shits that scared out of you at the end. Yes, I highly recommend riding along with someone because it's great. Uh, James Cowley said uh, that I, I've been very fastidious in regard to the cleanliness and care of my BMW, mentioning I go so far as to wash your hands before touching it. <laughs> uh, what about using driving gloves as in a pair used only in this car? Over my fucking dead body. <laughs> Every time I see someone wearing driving gloves in a car that has a steering wheel not that's made of wood, no, I no. roll my eyes so hard they fall out of the back of my I'm head. I'm going to go buy some for the Lamborghini. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Sure. Yeah. No, I just like, yeah. so my BMW, it's so new. Yeah. The, the, it's, the, it's a 2005, but it's, so, it's still, the steering wheel has the crinkle finish on it still. And so I grip the wheel like a fucking <laughs> pussy, and I wash I wash all the oils off my hands before I get in the car, because I don't want to like ruin that finish. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'll drive my car after some formal fingering. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, with the call back, back to the formal fingering. <laughs> good. Love it. Love it. Uh, Daniel Berman, of all the cars you've owned, which taught you the most? I think this assumes I've owned many cars. How many cars have you owned? Uh, three. So which Paired one taught you the most? When we sold the Honda Civic and we sold <laughs> we sold our 2006 Honda Civic, five-speed, horrible paint, looked like a brown galaxy. Uh, we sold it to a woman who was going to learn how to drive stick. And Sweet. four hours later, she said, do you have a, do you have a clutch? I burned it out. Do you have a clutch? Do you have a clutch? Like an extra? Yeah. Like, do you have an extra sitting around? I'm just going to swap this in. <laughs> and um, so we, we were being nice, and we said, okay, we'll leave the plates on it so you can get the plates done. She was like, yeah, I'll get the plates done. So, you know, you don't have to print your own or whatever, and you won't get pulled over. She never got the plates done. Uh, she kept running tolls. Oh, dude. Um, she kept running tolls, and we kept getting charged for tolls, and I was like, dear, oh, it's dude. fine, whatever, just keep calling them, and we'll figure it out. No, uh, then she started hitting people. Get the fuck out of here. And this is, this is, yeah. She started hitting people, and she actually ended up hitting one of our friend's coworkers. <laughs> oh, my God. And she said, ah, yeah, the insurance is in my mom's name, and the title's in my mom's name, and she gave my husband's last name. 
My husband's this, last name. Okay, so you learned to never do any of that yes. again. Okay, now wait. Release of liability. Now, I didn't mention, I wrote about this for yeah, the, the drive. drive. Yeah. I wrote about right, this for the drive. There's a whole story. It's wild. What, what I didn't mention yeah. was the person actually doing all this was not the person who bought the car from us. Oh, they had a- They had a stand-in buyer come buy the car from us. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, so this is a different person. That's, yeah. Okay, and she gave us her address, which was actually her address. When she started wrecking into people, she gave them addresses that didn't exist. They oh weren't real. God. And she gave them fake names, okay? And it, But she was trying to pin it on us. And then we recently got a tow bill because she got pulled over and her car got towed. Fucking keep it, bro. And we got the bill. <laughs> but this was after, this was after we decided we were done with the plates thing. So after she wrecked into someone, we were like, we're going to go to every body shop in town. We're going to find this car because she said it was in the body shop. About the third body shop we drove by, we found it. Real sketchy place. My husband gets out with his wrench to go get those license plates is this off. The, this is the, the impact sign wrench. For, oh, it's impact wrench. Yeah, he's oh. holding it up. Impact. He's holding it up. Oh. Okay. Impact. Do you live in Texas? <laughs> yeah. That means something else in Texas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. No, he's holding it up. He's holding this up. Right. right. Like, he's firing like, in the air like a Firing in Sam. the air. Yes, exactly. That's what he's doing. Walks across this parking lot. These two huge men have this car, this truck on a yeah. lift. And they just look at him. He goes, howdy. And he walks over to our old vehicle. Gets the license plates off, walks back to the car, throws the license plates in the trunk, and we drive away. Sweet. <laughs> so lots of lessons there. Lots, lots of lessons, of lessons there. there. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend the story on the drive. You, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of this stuff as it was happening, and I'm just every time she like shared something new, I'm like, this is not possible. That's like, fucking crazy. How's this happening? Yeah. But she, she, a lot of this was summarized. So if you look up Alanis on the drive, you'll find it's like That's a recent story nuts. from a few yeah. months yep. ago. It's so that ridiculous. That was the car Holy that taught shit. us the most. Yeah. I owned a Hummer H1 for uh, three months, and it taught me that you should never buy a Hummer H1. It's a yeah. very valuable lesson. Yeah. No one should ever buy one of those. They're absolute and total shit piles. But it's kind of tempting. No. no yeah. Nothing it. about it is tempting. It's kind of tempting. It's thoroughly unappealing. The fact unappealing. that it's so shitty. Is See, I, 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 what, there's nothing appealing about Listen, shitty. Listen, I, I like things that are shitty. Yeah. Yeah. No, shitty. I like things good. that are yeah. shitty. She just likes yeah, you eat at Chili's. I think we've learned this about me. <laughs> you eat at Chili's. It's the perfect vehicle to park in front of a fucking Chili's. Oh my God, you but it would be. be more oh, American. that would be. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that is yeah. extremely have, American. Have a flag yeah. on the corner. Just wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the right kind of people will think you have taste. You gave me an idea. This, she's gonna find somebody to loan her an Hummer H1. Gave me an idea. And she's gonna take it to Chili's and you do a whole photo shoot. How miserable they are. <laughs> no, it's, I, yeah, it's, now I'm awful. curious. They're awful. It's, it's, I mean, it's an industrial vehicle. Yeah, military vehicle. Oh, yeah. Mail truck yeah. Yeah. that can yeah. go off road, basically. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. it's mm. terrible. Huge. Mm-hmm. That's our show, folks. Yeah. Wow. The Rich awesome. Energy book is pre order. Yes, right? it's available where, from, for pre order if you're in America. And where do you get it now? Uh, we'll put you, the link in the in the You thing. can get it at McFarlandbooks.com and look it up on there, or you can just go to richenergybook.com and we have a giant pre order link. Nice. Thank you so much. And Racing Spaces is Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. Find us on Twitter and you'll find us on Racing Spaces. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having us. Enjoy your fucking getting that luggage into the STO. (laughs) We're going to have lots of fun. Yeah. It's It's going to be be great. (laughs) At least there's no front differential, so you have a big trunk. Actually, Oh, I think the STO has that clamshell deal, so I don't think you can open it. You can open it, but once you do, you you discover that there's actually nothing There's only room for a helmet. There's only room for a fucking helmet. Can you just how to open it? Yeah, yeah. I know. 
it out. No, okay, we're going to go do that now. Yeah, Great. it's very dumb. <laughs> awesome. It's dumb. But it's a race car, you guys. It's, it's a like, race car. totally like a race car. <laughs> I had fun driving the STO. It is fun to drive, but it's a race car. You it can't. is a race car. I can't have fucking bags in it. <laughs> You can't see out of it. Amazing. You can only see yourself. You cannot Amazing. see out of it. No, I know. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. But it's also good. It's an adventure. It's good, and it's not goodness. I'm Unlike the so Hummer, which is purely <laughs> not purely good. Bad. Sh- they're fucking awful. Uh, we're back tomorrow with uh, John Oates, legendary oh. musician of uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates fame. Oh. Porsche guy. He also did the Newport veteran run we just did. Uh, and that's tomorrow. And then regular car reviews is here on Friday. Amazing. Mm. Brian, Brian and yeah. the Roman are here on Friday. Um Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank Enjoy Thank the Grand you. Prix. I awesome. won't be around because I'm going to fucking Cabo. <laughs> Solid. That rocks. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, that's our show. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.